device that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. You feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Friday, October 6th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you once again from the world-famous and Notre Dame-hating University of Louisville Business Studios, College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to start your journey today with UofL College of Business. They've got a full-time, innovative 12-month MBA program that accelerates your career trajectory with convenient in-person learning evening classes. Competitive 11-month paid internship opportunities provide you with valuable business uh, industry experience. It's the MBA that pays. Get started today and earn your degree in just a year. Visit business.louisville.edu to learn more. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it's better as the big X. Mike Rutherford, Trevor Kelsey here with you for the next three hours, trying to set the vibes right before we get ready for tomorrow night's big, 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 big game at LNN Stadium between Louisville and Notre Dame. 7.30 kickoff, ABC, primetime, nation-watching, cards, six-and-a-half-point underdogs, a chance to really make the first gigantic splash of the Jeff Brom era. we got three hours to talk about it. We're going to do that. We're going to make our big X, big bets of the weekend. We're going to do our pick em segment. We're going to talk about some bowl previews. We're going to take texts from you guys on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. But this should be a fun three-hour show as we look forward to one of the biggest University of Louisville football games in a long, long time. Trevor Kelsey, how are you on this Friday afternoon, my friend? It's game day, baby. Let's get on. Well, it's not game day. Game day for us. It's game day eve. Game day eve. It's game, a game day, day show. Game day show. You know game day show means, don't you? What? Uh-oh, here we go. We ready? We got it. Here we go. Get the spot. Headbutt the wall, baby. Oh, yeah. You're not headbutting the wall. How would you know? Can, that, you, t- can you tell by my intelligence level? The thing is, nobody on the radio can hear that either. It's something that's done solely for me. We don't have cameras here. We, the audio can't pick up that. You're just banging against the wall for a joke that like one person involved in this entire radio show can appreciate. It's just me. It made Andy Kaufman famous. I mean, he didn't do it on a radio show where nobody could see or hear him. He did a television show. Good Lord. Um, anyway. Can, can, I, can I have one thing special just between us? You can. Okay, thank you. you. That's fine. Are we sounding okay out there in Radio Land? That's what we need to know, because we sound okay to me. I heard KRC's had some issues the last couple of days. So. Well, that's just because they're about to play Georgia. Yeah. Hopefully, that's their vibes are wrong, our vibes are right, and the results tomorrow night are going to indicate that. It is kind of weird that both Louisville and Kentucky are playing these monumental games, You know, 5-0 and at the same time for the first time ever in the history of Kentucky football, Commonwealth of Kentucky football, both playing a nationally ranked opponent for the first time. This, well, they played Florida last week, who was ranked. But a, 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 really, a, really? A, yeah, they were like 22. Wow. A, a top 10 opponent for the first time this season. And both games are prime time. 
late night. So we can't like, you know, we, we can't even cheer against each other. You know, if we're the only, the worst case scenario for either side is, I mean, if we're you know, getting it from Notre Dame and you look at the scoreboard and it's like, oh my God, Kentucky's up 21-10 on Georgia or vice versa. They're getting their bleep kicked in by Georgia and they're like, oh my God, Louisville's up by two touchdowns against Notre Dame. Like that, it would just add insult to injury. But if we both win, it's kind of fun. It'd be nice to be a talking point. Yeah. Not that I care. Not that I don't want them to win. We still have the buzzing going on, apparently, but I guess we're just going to power through. Power through. Is on on the stream or on the, the radio? I'm guessing stream, because stream was bad yesterday with, with the buzzing. I, apparently, 96.1 is really good. The FM station. So if you've been listening on 1450, maybe give 96.1 a try if you're having some issues. I, I hear that's the better option. Dugan said the FM's never sounded better. So maybe go with that. Besides all of that, besides all the technical jargon, TK, how are you on this fr- fine, lovely Friday afternoon here in sunny Louisville, Kentucky? I'm doing good. I'm just ready to, I mean, not don't take it personal. I'm ready to get this show over with, get home, get this evening over with, and get ready to get started for tomorrow. I just want game time here. I'm kind of with you. I'm, I mean, this is one of the few times I'm kind of like, man, I wouldn't mind having a noon game. Just Would you? For I mean, self, no, just for self reasons, because I, I want to get... I mean, I want I want to get this game kicked off. And you don't it, wake up before two thirty, though. Well, true, but I would just record it. The seven thirty <laughs> game kind of is like a three thirty game for you. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, but but that way, see, what I do is I record the game, and then when I wake up, I can start right away. I don't know how you do that. That's not it's not fun. Opposed to it's, if we win, it's always fun. Um, opposed to you know, I'll probably wake up at you know like one and one or two, and then you know I got the whole day, and I'm like, that's nervous energy to burn off. Come out and do some tailgating. What am I going to do? I mean, am I am I going to am I going to walk like walk? Maybe I can go out back, back with the dogs. Maybe I can take the drone out before tomorrow. Maybe I can uh, do a push up, a sit up, eat a push up. Come out and tailgate. Are you ready for a little bit of a scuttle already at three ten? Uh, yeah, I'm, scuttle I'm, I'm always willing for scuttle. There are going to be some celebs out there tailgating tomorrow. Other than myself and you. Other than uh, other than us. Well, just me because you're not going to tailgate. Oh yeah, but you'll be out there tailgating. Think maybe the biggest. Louisville celebrity going right now? Think maybe the, I don't know, second biggest Louisville athlete celebrity going. You can make a case that he's the first. Well, when you you had me, until you said athlete, I I didn't have any other names in my mind. Um, Well, I'm thinking both. We have one non-athlete celebrity, one athlete celebrity. I think other athlete celebrities that are not tied to UofL are going to be there as well. Well, Just saying. Athlete celebrity, I would say, is Donovan Mitchell going to be here? Maybe. Uh, did did you did you like Mitchell Donovan Mitchell who plays for Cleveland showing up at a Browns game wearing a Ravens jersey? I did love it. That means <laughs> he was wearing a, like a, a Cleveland hat. It was like very but dark. Still, you could barely was... you could barely see the C, and they were all like, "What the hell?" Like, I love I love the fact his collegiate ties outweighs his professional his professional ties. Yeah, so. I mean he was wearing Ravens jerseys to to games back when he was at, at Utah. He's not going to stop now just because they're yeah, playing the hometown team. I was saying, but I me, mean, it's a little different more when you're wearing it at a Browns game and you play in Cleveland than if you're at Utah. He didn't care. Well, I, didn't, I know he didn't. I like him. that. He's the Play. What are they going to do? Stop cheering for him? It's not going to happen. I'm amazed Cleveland fans took it in such stride. Anyway, uh, a He's, celebrity. I was. Well, say, you don't need to guess because oh. I, I can't confirm or deny. But oh. I'm just saying. I'm just giving hints. I'm just scuttling. And there will be, I think, more celebrities there that are not directly affiliated to Louisville. But it's going to be a star-studded affair tomorrow night and during the day tomorrow. So the Rudiger family is going to be there. The Rudigers, if they're there, stuff's going to go down. If the Rudigers are there, they better not show up in the uh, in the red line. Even if you're sitting there and someone walks up to you and like pokes in your shoulder and says, "Are you Mr. Rutherford?" Like, yeah, like some some of clients of ours would like to talk to you. And you look up and you see like the Rudiger family just sitting at the top of the aisle, like punching their f- hand in their fist. Based on Rudy, <laughs> like there are very few people I think I could take in life. I think I could take the Rudiger family <laughs> in a fight. 
even being out of shape and sick. I one on one, give me the Rudigers. Now if they all come at me in, in like a, a, a nine person swarm, then I might be in a little bit of trouble. But I can I think I can beat up some Rudigers if they want it. We'll bring it. It's fine. I got your back, Jack. But tomorrow's going to be a star-studded affair. It's going to be a fantastic afternoon. The weather looks perfect. Very fall. Uh, you know, high fifties, mid fifties for most of the day. Low sixties at best. And then when the night goes, when the sun goes down, it's going to be true sweater weather. Pack a, you know, pack some, some, maybe some pants, light sleeves, your best card quarter zip, your best card sweatshirt, whatever you want. It's going to be a fantastic day. You're going to enjoy yourself. And here's hoping we're celebrating tomorrow night. Uh, outside of that, TK, how was the Thursday night? Where's your mindset going into today's show? Outside of just wanting to get this thing over with so we can get to tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the fact that listening to some of the talking heads on the national shows last night and some a little bit today as I'm driving up here, and no one giving us a shot. They really are like no one. It's not like, just saying that, right? We're not we're not just like doing the whole. No, like, no nobody no. cares. Like, it's, I mean, it's legitimate. I mean, maybe and someone can find. I'm sure someone will be like, well, here's one. You know the. There's only three billion talking heads out there. There so is I mean, one out there that I want to play. Today. I'm, yeah, I'm so there, so there's 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 a few that that are you know being contrary to their 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 brothers of talking heads and saying that. But of the ones I heard two last night and I heard another one today, and all of them were like, "Oh, Louisville just got lucky to get past NC State. This Notre Dame team is should, I, this is a cover." Like all of them picked Notre Dame to cover as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like just not even like even like hesitating to be like, "Well, Louisville could." Like there's there's no hesitation. It's just like oh, this is a, a paper paper tiger top twenty five team. Notre Dame has just had some issues in the last couple of weeks against better teams. This is just kind of their bye week before they get another good team in USC. It's just, I, I, it makes me just want to just stomp on a leprechaun. Okay, I like that. I'm good with that. <laughs> Is that considered a hate crime? Probably. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, as long as leprechaun's not a euphemism for something, I think you're probably okay. Okay, but good, good. I just want to make sure. It is, because like, I've seen the same thing, and it's easy for, everybody always wants to do the us against the world mentality, and you know, nobody's given us a chance. And this is a, I mean, I mean, this is a game where, on paper, you look at it and you say, it's two top 25 teams. The spread has been less than a touchdown all week long. Of course it's not everybody against Louisville. Of, of course this is, you know, you're getting even money. You know, people are, are calling this an, an upset possibility. Notre Dame's on upset watch, but it's really not happened. Like, it, like everywhere I've gone, and I posted most of the predictions from the last 24 hours on today's news and notes post on Car Chronicle. Like, everybody is taking Notre Dame, and you're right. It's not just taking Notre Dame to win; it's taking Notre Dame to win and cover. And you're just seeing a lot of like Notre Dame 38-17, a lot of 35-20, a lot of people thinking that it's just Louisville being a total pretender. And Notre Dame having a get-right game, you know they're getting a couple wide receivers back. They're going up against a defense that they, they don't think is as stout as Duke's was last week. Um, you, you know, they, you know, they got out the jitters. They found a way to win last week, and now they're they're going to be riding high. They'll unleash Sam Hartman a little bit. It's just again, I'm not trying to do the whole. Nobody thinks we can do it, but nobody thinks we can do it, and, and it's more it's more surprising to me than it is anger because you know I'm not. It's not like I'm guaranteeing a cardinal victory i'm feeling overwhelmingly confident about our ability to get the job done tomorrow but i feel like there are at least enough question marks out there to where you would have a healthy chunk of people that are calling for this to be an upset you know it's not, i i get that we're five and zero without having played a a true like legit top 40 team and that we've looked a little iffy in, in a couple of the games against these slightly below average teams but it's not like we've you know, played a bunch of Sun Belt teams or a, a, a bunch of Group of Five teams, and Notre Dame has meanwhile been coasting and rolling over their schedule of world beaters. 
you know, they, you can make the case they should have lost to Duke last week. You, you can make the case that, you know, you know, the, the offense hasn't done enough the last couple of weeks to feel overly confident going into a, a, a game against a Louisville defense that's coming off its best performance of the season. There are, there are reasons, I, I think, to be high on Louisville, and the fact that nobody out there seems to be feeling that way is just, again, it's not anger-inducing for me. I'm not like, oh, let's prove them wrong. But it's just, it's surprising to me. I thought this would be more of a, you know, like, like a, a 65-35 type deal when, you come, when it comes to people picking the spread. I think you you would think that, that since since Vegas kept the line under seven that you would think that at least they maybe see Louisville's as somewhat threat, right? Right. That's all I need. I mean, if this was a game that you know Notre Dame should walk through, as most of the pundits have said, then the line should be like nine or ten, I would think. Yeah, it, it's a good point because it opened at six and a half and it hasn't gone up the entire week. In fact, it, the, the only time it fluctuated was it went down to five and a half at one point on Wednesday, I think. So. You know, it's not like the betting public is seeing this as a gigantic mismatch and this is free money out there. Now, we'll see what happens on game day because a lot of times in the last 24 hours, there's a fairly monumental shift. But I think I read the stats on Wednesday, and I haven't seen the updated numbers, but like 57% of bets that have been made have been made on Notre Dame. That's not an overwhelming majority of people being like, this is a, a dummy line. What are people thinking? Let's ride with the Irish free money. It seems like the you know the, the silent majority that's out there, the people that are betting but not giving their thoughts on on websites or podcasts or, or you know, talking head shows, are are feeling like this is a little bit more of a not a fifty fifty game, but maybe more of a a sixty five thirty five or seventy thirty game than the, the predictions that we are seeing out there. The real surprising thing for me, outside, I, mean, I, I am surprised that more of the national pundits aren't saying Notre Dame's on upset watch or watch out for Louisville in this game. But the Notre Dame, like I don't know how to describe it, like fan media, like what, what people would call us, the 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 people that write for a living covering Notre Dame, but they are admittedly not objective, like they are Notre Dame fans, are so wildly confident. Like I I feel like I'm really hesitant to be in that spot, and maybe that's the difference between being a Notre Dame fan who's used to you know always being a top fifteen team, usually being favored from week to week, and being a Louisville fan where we've kind of ebbed and flowed over the years. But I feel like all of these Notre Dame fans are just so cocky about this game. I guarantee you, not a one of us seen Louisville play more than probably a quarter of football. Well, it seems like, and I, and I get that. If you look, and we talked about just yesterday, day before, like if you, I guess if you've never watched Louisville play, and you look at our schedule, and just break it down by the, you know, the 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 wins and losses in, in our, on our schedule, and look at scores, then I could see where you would be a little more confident. I, I can get that, but that's that's why it's a it's, that's a mirage, buddy. That's bulls gold. Well, the most common, and I'll give, yeah, I don't want to paint everybody with this brush because there have been some of these, these writers out there that have done their due diligence and have really gone in depth with their their podcast episodes and their, their pregame write-ups. But the most, like, lazy analysis that I've seen about this game when it comes to making predictions and doing it in, like, a snappy three-sentence blurb has been the environment's not tough. Cardinal Stadium, whatever you want to call it, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, whatever you guys are calling it now, is not big-time football. It's not going to be an issue for this Notre Dame team. And then we've seen Jack Plummer the last two years, and he's not good. That's that, that's their basic analysis, which if you wanted to flip it over, guess I what? Agree. We've seen Sam Hartman too. And if you if you want to be that lazy with it and not take into account the, you know, the, the different weapons he has at his disposal and how he's played recently, we could easily say, hey, I'm not sure if you guys want to put the third quarter of last year's Wake Forest Louisville game on your TVs before this game, but tell me how that went. 
Tell me if he turned the ball over six times in one quarter. Tell me if he's 0-2 as a starter against Louisville and has failed to taste victory inside LNN Stadium. It's kind of the same thing if you want to do that. Now, I, I get that it's not exactly apples to oranges. There's more to pick apart with Plummer this season than there has been with Hartman, but... Yeah, also Plummer's got, it's like Hartman, Plummer's probably got more weapons around him as, as much as he ever did it, even in his time at Purdue and definitely at California. No, I, think I think this is the most. This I mean, is the I most can't if he had Rondell or not, maybe I was, so I was trying to be a little fast and loose with that. Even if he had Rondell, it's one guy. That's true. I, I think mean, he's got more. He, he hasn't had a running back uh, like Jawar Jordan. I, I know they used Rondell at running back a little bit, but he's got... They did Knox kid at one point. I mean, we've got four or five guys. Like, like yeah. you know, last year, P- Purdue would always do the thing where they would just get the ball to their best receiver as much as they could. And part of that is because it's, you know, it's smart thinking. But the other part was they didn't have a whole lot of secondary weapons. We've got four or five guys that I feel like would play on most teams in America at wide receiver, and Plummer gets to pick from them. Now, we don't have a, a, a reliable tight end in the receiving game, which is an issue, but maybe we'll get there. Maybe we see Joey Gatewood this weekend. But my point is, if you want to boil this down to the bare minimum and just say, well, we beat him last year by a touchdown at Cal. We beat him two years ago when he was at Purdue. We've seen what he has to offer. You know, it, that's just kind of lazy like, like we could do the same thing and we're not doing that like as far as like Sam Hartman sucks there's no way he can beat us because he's never done it it's not that cut and dry but that seems to be where most of their just overwhelming confidence with this game is coming from and look you can do whatever you want to do you can fan however you want to fan I'm more of the cautiously optimistic fan it, like if I was Notre Dame in this spot I would definitely be doing the whole thing where it's like I don't know you know there's you know, we haven't exactly been world beaters on offense the defense has been pretty good but now we're going up against an explosive offense that can change a game with a couple of plays like I, I would find reasons to make myself believe that this is going to be a close game and it seems like more of them are just like let's just get through this thing and, and turn our attention to USC which is again surprising to me agreed okay um, I, <laughs> I don't know if more to add at that point right, right, right away <laughs> well then let's, let's take a look at your confidence level so we've been we update throughout the week okay we started off you were like at a wait what, I started in a five in, point the eight-ish yeah then yesterday you bumped up to a six three again this is a, a scale of one to ten one no chance of winning ten no chance we lose the TK confidence level it's now game day Eve we're about 28 hours away from kickoff where's the TK confidence meter you think it might be going down or at least stay steady with what I said of listening to, you know, just other people that are air quotes smarter than I am, which I probably don't need to air quote that, but what they got on the ACT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's see them even have the Have you even taken the ACT they, in the they last have the marbles to take it. <laughs> you haven't even taken it yeah. in the last ten years. Just tell me how smart you are. You may be smarter, but you ain't braver, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe that makes them smarter for not taking it. I don't know. I disagree. But regardless of that situation, um, I, my, it's gone up a little bit and I think that's maybe it's camouflaged of excitement, but I was at like a six, what was that? What was I yesterday? Like a 6.6. I think it was a six, three. Cause remember six, uh, yeah, why yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Third quarter, uh, six interceptions. I'm going to move or up a little quarter. bit. I'm going to go six point giggity, 6.9, six, nine. I think that's where we were last week. I think that's where you ended last I week. I think that's, that's about where I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Okay. I think as I get closer to game time, I may get more confident. Just and and again, I, that could be just blind optimism, but you know, bleeding over into it. But <sighs> who gives a bleep? That's confidence. It's confidence, man. You got to have confidence, right? When you're when you're a guy like me in anything in life, you have to have confidence. Whether you're going into a bar to hit on a girl, or you're going into a, a high school age forty three to take a test, you got to have confidence. I like your mentality. Man, I have intelligence, but you sure as hell got confidence. Confidence can go a long way. Confidence can supersede intelligence in a lot of situations. <laughs> yes. And maybe this is one of them. And sometimes confidence can be confused with the, for the word alcohol. Well, 
Liquid courage is still courage. That's all that matters. I sent you the the, the clip. I am sober. I want people to know that though. <laughs> I sent you the clip Ish. on um on Twitter. Okay. This is I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Josh Pate. Josh Pate. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name. But he's the only person. He works for 24/7 Sports, who I've seen kind of like, talking up Louisville in this game. In fact, he even goes so far as to say, "I think the wrong team is favored in this game." And wow. guess what's happened? Notre Dame fans have blown this man up. Like, if you go and look at his his mentions, it's all just Notre Dame fans that are like, "You realize Jack Plummer's played against us the last two years." I love that it's like the one thing you said it like six times. It's, I don't know. It's not you. That's but you're just repeating it. But still, it's, because he keep well. His main point. We can play the clip in a second. But his main point is like everyone's picking Notre Dame over Louisville and. and he thinks that nobody has really watched Louisville play so far this season. And he's throwing it out there. He's not doing it to Notre Dame fans, but he's like, if you just think Notre Dame's going to walk over Louisville, like, tell me who Louisville's quarterback is. Like, he's basically just calling out casuals and being like, you're giving this analysis without ever having watched this team play yet. You just think it's going to be Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame and Louisville because they're 5-0 and and they haven't played anybody good. But he's like, maybe you actually learn something about the team and you'll get corrected. We can play the clip if you want. Do we play the whole thing? Yeah, I think it's like two minutes long. It is, yeah. Well, let's see. Here we go. If you talk to them about this game this week, who claim to be hardcore college football types, and they're going to say, you know, Notre Dame's got the quarterback edge. Stop them right there. Take their phone from them and say, name me the Louisville quarterback. This is how you expose casualty. Folks talking about stuff they don't really know anything about. Notre Dame's got the quarterback edge. Yeah, who's the other quarterback? Uh, you, you know. You know who the Louisville quarterback is. Really? No, I don't. Tell me. The kid, you know the guy. It's Jack Plummer. That's Jack Plummer. Yeah, that that Jack Plummer. By way of Cal, by way of Purdue, that Jack Plummer. Notre Dame may very well have the quarterback edge here. But one magical evening by Mr. Plummer in Louisville, Kentucky could change it all. Notre Dame is fourth in pass yards per game, 52nd in rush yards per game defensively. So I'm thinking to myself, could Louisville run the ball to win the game here? I don't know, man. Because they they ugh, 29 attempts for 20 yards against NC State. I don't think they're going to have much success on the ground. It's got to be Jack Plummer. It's got to be. And they are fourth. Like I said, Notre Dame fourth in pass yards per game allowed. So when I tell you I almost bet that over, this is where I got hesitation. I got strong hesitation. The externals matter here. I really think they do. Like, you could X and O this thing. You can stat category this thing to death. Bottom line is this is college football. Those are still 20-year-olds. And Notre Dame, you face Ohio State and have that game come down to the wire. Then you face Duke on the road and have it come down to the wire. Then you go on the road again. So back-to-back road stretches in general are tough in college football. But when you've totally expended yourself two weeks in a row and you go play another team's Super Bowl, and it's Louisville, and they're on extended rest. They played Friday last week, so they got long rest, and you've been burning the candle at both ends. I think that matters. Let's take a look at what the odds say. Let's take a look at what the model says. You know, Notre Dame's favored by six and a half. We think the wrong team's favored. We think Louisville minus one is the number the model spit out. I'm going to go with it. I think Louisville's going to win the game outright. Big upset, I guess. You want to call it that? The model wouldn't see it as an upset. Um, Dead storm the field. You know, maybe someone does a swanton bomb front flip off the goalpost up there. Turf, 
feels better to land on probably than grass. Um, maybe a security guard gives some chick a forearm shiver to the jaw. We saw all of these things happen last week during a field storming, by the way. So I'm going to take Louisville to win. I'm going to take him to cover. I just don't like the spot for Notre Dame. I don't know what to tell you. There are some matchups that favor him. I just don't like the spot for him. There it is. We got one, Trev. I do love the, the fact that you made the Swanton reference. It was, yeah, a man after your own heart. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what, you know what Swanton is. I have no idea what Swanton is. When you jump, it's a wrestling move. Yeah, it's when you, you jump, like, do a face forward. Uh, it's what um, Hardy does when he jumps and, like, flips kind of okay. halfway forward. Like, and he lands, of... on your back, lands his back on your chest. Yeah. Okay. It's a Swanton. Oh, cool. I like his rationale, <laughs> though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, you could if you're if you're a a a you know a fanboy of, of of a team in this case Notre Dame, and you're hearing that, then if you want to like, oh, you're full of it. I mean, you can think that, but what he says is, I mean, he makes every point he made was a good point. I'm with you. It was just nice to yeah, nice to have one guy out there that's he could be wrong. On our side. But, could be know. wrong. Could be wrong. Maybe everybody else is right. Maybe this one guy's wrong. Maybe but, maybe we're too close to. I don't know. We're gonna that. You know what? That's why they play the game. Maybe we'll get him on the show next week. If we win, if we'll see we, what he's not banned, and, and, and if we get blown out, he's banned. He's not banned. He's not banned. No, he's good. He's he's one of us. We're we're happy with that. By by the way, I, I I'll give you a hint for our picks coming up uh, later on in the show. Okay. I have I I think I'm I'm retiring from college football gambling for at least a week or two. Oh boy. I did end up taking Western to cover last night. I went zero four this week. So the last two days. <laughs> I took Western to cover, and I took the Bears' money line. Now, I did take the Bears. I know I did bet the Bears, and I told you that. Now, that was a walk. I only did because the after when I found out Buckus died. When we got home, I was like, I'm taking the Bears' money line. I, th- I, sh- I thought about bet. Re- I'd already bet the spread, and I thought about doing the money line, too. And I was like, and I'll say, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can trust them that much. I mean, how many of these kids even remember who Dick Buckus was? Well, I well, do. You I, I was sad because that was Dick Buckus was the linebacker right before my generation that I that I enjoyed watching all the films of and stuff. I was I grew up in the Mike Singletary Bears middle linebacker era, but uh, the Buckus was uh, and, and I always remember my my first dog had the uh, Dick Barkus jersey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take our first break. When we come back, more Louisville Notre Dame talk. We'll, t- we'll also uh, hear from you guys on the Thornton text line at 502-414-1450. It's game day eve. Get excited. Get pumped. Here we go. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450-961, the Big X. By the way, this one's for Dick Buckus. Tight Music Friday. We're getting very excited for tomorrow's game. We're getting pumped. Sing it. It's time to turn it on. I, won't, I would sing it, but we are, we're overmodulated when the music comes on. I always feel like I, I hate doing that now because the music's back, and I want to be like, hey, let's go, but I don't want to like have anybody's eardrums ruptured on game day eve. So I feel like, I'm like I have to be kind of like muted. As long as you don't blind them, you're all good. Who's open? Yeah. We'll, we'll save the muting for tomorrow and night. They'll get blinded when, they, with the, when we get the YouTube cameras in here. I saw uh, 24-7 sports. There's all this talk out there. You know, Brock Bowers of Georgia is 
electric. And he had the the gigantic game last week against Auburn. He's third best Brock in college football. Third best Brock in college football is what people are saying. But they're also talking about him as potentially being the best tight end in the history of college football. <laughs> and 24-7 Sports has a – they had a little thing up there where it was like a post. like It's like a graphic that says, who is the best tight end in college football history? And they've got six names, seven names. Brock Bowers, Keith Jackson from Oklahoma, Kyle yep. Pitts from Florida, Chase Kaufman from Missouri, Dennis Pita from BYU, Mike Ditka from Pitt, and Ivan Green from Louisville. Nice. And the reason why I think he made the graphic is because you know, Bowers is shattering all of these tight end records, uh, career records for college football, and he's coming up on I, – I didn't realize they still had the record. Ivan Green is still the all-time career leader in touchdown receptions by a tight end. He had 33 in his career at UofL. Bowers needs 10 to break his record. So I'm kind of – as much as I want Georgia to smack Kentucky – I want Brock Bowers to stay out of the end zone for the rest of this year. This year, I'm surprised uh, Asher's not up there in some of those stats as well. I thought, didn't he? I think he, when he left here, he was up there in like receptions. I think Ivan Green holds every tight end record. Does he break sure. most of them? I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, Asher played it in, in a different area. I mean, we're, well. we're talking career record here. This is like all of college football history. He's the all-time leader in tight end touchdown receptions. Why is it? Maybe I'm wrong. I could swear Pitts didn't like. Wasn't like. Wasn't Pitts? It wasn't his numbers that like. It's just that blessing. I thought he had didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, his numbers were, I guess, were okay in college football. It's 700 yards receiving. That'll do it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh, the, 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 That list seems very uh, hyperbolic. Except what, for Ivan, though. What do you mean? It's just, I mean, I don't know. The, I don't the, think you're using that word correctly. <laughs> and, you know, you know it's, everything's now is the, the, the coolest thing ever. That's not hyperbolic. Isn't it? Then what would you define hyperbolic as? Hyperbolic means you're overly exaggerating. Like if I say I've I've done this wouldn't nine times, wouldn't that fall into the same category as what I, what I'm saying? Not at all. I mean, you're exaggerating, <laughs> aren't you? When it, it, it exaggerating, I'm just saying is the newer version. No, that's not exaggerating. <laughs> that's a recency bias is what is the the term you're looking for. But Mike Dick is on the list. Keith Jackson's on the list. <laughs> I wonder how many people you you Mike Dick he went to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. He did. I mean, where's where's the uh, what's the, who's the 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 the, the tight end of the year award is named the guy's named after is named on this list. Who is it? Um, oh, good lord! It's uh, did it play for the Colts? Mackey, John Mackey, John Mackey. Yeah, was he good in college? I suppose he was. He's, I mean, he's one of those guys that if you look at him, he could probably play today in today's NFL in terms of size and build. He was a rarity in back in those days. Where did like, he play? I forget where he played. Actually, good question. He played for the Colts and the Pros. Where did he play college? Let's look it up. I, I actually don't know. That's a, I, that's something I probably should know. He was oh, he's old. I can tell by the picture. They played in the seventies. Uh, he played at doesn't even say uh, Syracuse. Only, okay, only played three years. I mean, the, the but I mean, how can you not say the greatest tight end include the greatest tight end list and not the tight end that the award is named after? Well, he only caught twenty seven passes in his college career, so that's. Probably the issue. Well, Twenty-seven catches, five touchdowns. I mean, if we're going by stats, then I mean, then you start talking about like Hawaii has three of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. Maybe. Well, still, but, I mean, <laughs> you're talking about tight ends. Like it has to be a little bit better than that if you're yeah. all-time greatest tight end. But it was a different game back then. It was not used as much in the uh, in, in the passing game. He was drafted in both the NFL and the AFL draft in the same year. Round two in the NFL draft. Round five in the AFL draft. Not probably uncommon in, in that little span of time, though. Was the Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I was. He's, I mean, he was like what six foot six, I think six five. He was huge. Six foot two. I thought he was bigger than that for some reason, according to Wikipedia. Uh, but 
Wikipedia lies. Wikipedia's lying. They're lying on us again. Uh, are you ready for your, your favorite game of the week? Uh, I have so many favorite games, but yeah, let's go. What is it? Which bowl game we're going to play in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, bowl projections. Which is it? Boston or New York? Where does Trevor prefer us spending our holidays? I've not looked at this yet. Now, I'm hoping that we... We haven't moved, done this in a while. We do, we do it every week. I'm hoping that we've moved up a little bit because last week it was all Pop-Tarts Bowl. I think it was like five Pop-Tarts and then one of three different bowls. So we'll see what this week we have to offer. ESPN, they have two different projections. They've got the Bonagura and the Schleybaugh projections. Bonagura has us playing ugh, the military bowl against Memphis State. That would suck. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. We haven't played Memphis State in a while. I wouldn't mind maybe blowing them out. It's fine. Military Bowl is a bowl game for like a 7-5, seven 6-6 and five, six and six team. No, I don't, want, I don't want to go that down. I don't, I don't want to be there. Slayball, I'm not thinking about what record puts us there. I'm thinking about like just the opponent location. Slayball has us playing Florida in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Wouldn't hate that. I just don't want to go in the Mayo Bowl. I, I, you, want, you don't want to see Jeff Brom with Mayo dumped on him? be great. <laughs> Kidding me? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> for some reason, no. I don't know why. It's funny. <laughs> Brett McMurphy has us, he, he's had this for like the last four weeks, playing Kansas State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Uh, that would be a good matchup, at least, if anything. It would be. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Palm of CBS has us playing Illinois in the Pinstripe Bowl. Jerry, what's wrong with Jerry Palm? What are you doing? <laughs> have you not seen that we're 5-0, and Jerry? We're not, we're not, we don't want to play Illinois in the Pinstripe Bowl. Is Illinois even going to make a bowl? That's, that's the other question. Aren't they, I, thought, I mean, I thought they, I mean, aren't they still worried about putting out fires in their own stadium, not to mention the dumpster fire that is their locker room? They should. College Football News has us playing Washington State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. That one I would, I'd like to do. That'd be a fun game. I'm good with the Sun Bowl. Plus, Washington State's a good team. It'd be nice to be the Pac-12 team. Then they're going to be, they're probably right there in like with the third, maybe best Pac-12 school. Pac-2. Pac-2, yeah. Best the, Pac-2 school, probably. They're the top two Pac-2 school. Definitely. Uh, but, they can't, but Cam Ward would be a nice matchup for it us. It would be. 24-7 Sports has us playing Kansas State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, just like McMurphy. I guess they only has one loss, I think, right now, don't they? Is to Missouri, right? I believe so. Yeah, Athlon has us playing Ole Miss in the Gator Bowl. That's a that's a tier one bowl game. That would be nice. But has us playing who in the Gator Bowl? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Okay, uh, I wouldn't. A little revenge, maybe. College Football Network has a speaking of revenge, speaking of rivalry games, renewed Louisville West Virginia in the Pop Tarts Bowl. That one I would like. I, I would, would, I would enjoy that. Yeah, especially when they have the, the UK guys still as their coach. And they don't seem like they're very good this year, so I would I would take that. Uh, they are. I was actually just on the Big 12 page. Where they are. They're 4-1, 2-0 in conference. Gator Bowl. This is via Yahoo. This is like saying Gator Bowl. Yahoo has us playing Ole Miss in the Gator Bowl. So that's the final tally. We've got – it's a little bit more spread out this week. We, we still have Pop-Tarts Bowl is still the leader. Three votes for the Pop-Tarts Remind Bowl. Remind me again where Pop-Tarts Bowl is. Pop-Tarts Bowl is in – it's in Orlando. It's okay. the Camping World Stadium. Camping, okay, yeah. Like it used I to remember, be the Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah, I remember the camp. That's the Orlando. But Orlando, would, that one wouldn't be bad because it's just it would be easy for travel for people. If, you, if yeah. you, I don't know when the date of that game is. but it, December 28th. I mean, is it a week? You don't, I don't know if it's a week. Do we know if it's a week? I believe day? that's a Saturday. Yeah. No, 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 no. That, that's a Thursday because the 21st is the basketball game the week before. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be too bad. You go out there, maybe spend a, an extended weekend in Orlando with the fam. Yeah, why not? You guys on Thursday, go to the game, make, hang make out. It. Down for Christmas. Party with did, party with Mickey on Friday, maybe. Or you spend a couple days after the game, a few days after the game, celebrate New Year's down there. Why not? Make it a make a whole weekend. Make maybe, it a week. Maybe get down there and, and, and end it with the game win. Leave so on we, Friday. We've got three for the Pop Tarts Bowl, two for the Gator Bowl, and then one apiece for the Mayonnaise Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, Sun Bowl, and Military Bowl. So we're all over the place. 
I'm more I'm not as much location. I'm thinking of opponents I like, and right now, at the top of my head, the ranking of those opponents I'd like to play. I wouldn't mind playing a bowl game. I'd put West Virginia one, Kansas State two, Washington State three. Overall, missing Florida. I'm not gonna get too pleased about playing Florida. Oh, Miss maybe, but I don't. Know, I kind of want to play Washington State just because the Pac-12 has got a good reputation right now. I'd be good with Ole Miss. Florida, I, I kind of like the fact that, like, you know, I, I'm fine with never playing them again since our last meeting. That, that's so kind of nice. what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, not to sound like I'm, like, scared. It's just, hey, we've been there, done that. And also, Kentucky blast them this year. So, you know, even if we beat them in a bowl game, it's like all the UK fans are like, who cares? We, you know, we beat them by, yeah. by 19, too. Uh, but I, I, well, I, we beat, you only beat them by 10. We beat them by 30. Exactly. Yeah. I would enjoy the West Virginia rematch. That would be fun. That would be, that's number one on my list. K State, just because it'd be a nice challenge. I mean, Ole Miss, Washington State, I guess I could switch, switch swap. Somebody grow a pair and put us in the playoff or the Orange Bowl. Maybe that. <laughs> Get out there. What, what, what are you guys doing? I, I mean, I, I guarantee you we, we, when we win tomorrow, you're going to hear some people start to be a little cocky about it and be like, hey, look out. This team's not only just 5-0, and oh, they're 6-0 and oh now, and they just beat a proper. You'll hear some people try to be a little chesty about it. I, I, think- I can't wait to hear it, too, because then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love it. Going back to our, our our discussion in the first thing, talking about how the narrative surrounding this game, both nationally and with the the Notre Dame media, seems to be Notre Dame's the superior team. They're not just going to win. They should cover and cover fairly easily, and then it's on to USC. Louisville's kind of a paper tiger. Watch how, if we are able to win this game, regardless of if Notre Dame looks good, looks bad, Hartman throws the ball away 17 more times in this game or, or plays a brilliant game and we just... Plumber out duels him. The narrative is going to shift so quickly when it comes to us. And this isn't me like trying to, to, to manifest this. I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen. People will start talking about us immediately, Sunday or Monday, as ooh, they could be, ready for the phrase? This year's TCU. This year's TCU. That's exactly what's going to happen because TCU started last season unranked. They were picked seventh in their own conference. I mean, there were there were comparisons. Because now everybody wrote that story during July when they'd run out of preview material for college football. There were a bunch of the same themed stories talking about who could be this year's TCU. And we popped up on a lot of those lists because of the schedule and because of Brom coming in, the transfer portal killing it there, all that stuff. If we win this game on Saturday, we go from, yeah, they're a a fraudulent 5-0, watch what Notre Dame does against them, to look at the schedule, look who they've got left. Look at this path. They can make it to the ACC title game, and then if they, it's a one-game playoff, basically, where they could advance into the college football playoff, they will shift so quick. We will become the darling of we, the national media. We will, we will replace Duke in the ACC before Duke lost to Notre Dame. 100%. Duke, where they were like, oh, you know, you're four state, and going into the season, you had Clemson still thought of. And you're like, well, there's Duke. And, you know, look at what they can do. And, of course, they, they, they tripped up against Notre Dame. So now they've kind of had to take a step back in this narrative, and this is our opportunity to step in and take their role. If we win, we become the team. That, it's not just an ACC deal. We'll be the team that people are looking at and saying, you know, their odds are going down. Like, could they sneak in? I don't know if they'll deserve it, but that schedule is pretty conducive to a potential run to the ACC title game. And then if they, you know, can take care of Florida State or whoever they play, you know, just a one game, all they need is one great effort. They could, like, it, it will change so quickly. And I'm, not, and I'm not even saying that I would agree with that or that I, you know, but I would have fun with it. It'd be, it'd be a hell of a lot of fun <laughs> to hear people saying that thing. But it will, you know, college football, because it's such a limited sample size, because every week means so much, the narrative changes in the snap of a finger. It's kind of like what we see. The only thing I can compare it to is how quickly things change with the views of entire programs with the NCAA tournament in basketball. 
Because game to game, you've got every team's playing about 40 games or 30 games in the regular season. Things don't shift that dramatically. But if a great if a great coach who has struggled in the NCAA tournament for his entire career makes one run, all of a sudden he goes from he's a choker, he's a per, his system doesn't work in the tournament to he's God's gift to basketball. It's kind of the same thing at a very micro level with college football because you only have 12 games in a, in a year. So this fraudulent Louisville team that hasn't been tested and that isn't really that good and it's probably going to be 7-5 and five when the season's all done. Maybe they win two more games. Maybe they win three. If they just win one this weekend, everybody starts talking about this team in not just a different light, but an entirely different phrase. I, I, all the more reason to hope that this happens because I think that would be it'd be wonderful to see some, some of these people fall flat on their predictions. <laughs> Watch them just completely turn coat, turn, turn change, change direction on their perspectives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, the, the other thing we were talking about, the national media, a lot of them predicting a comfortable Notre Dame win. But they haven't been nearly as brash to me as the subjective Notre Dame media. And that look, that's, that's fine. I, it surprises me as somebody who is, by nature, I think a little bit cautiously optimistic at best. I am very rarely am like, we're going to kill this team when it's, a, when it's a close game. I kind of find reasons to be like, oh, I don't know. They may have a little something for us. Notre Dame fan media does not seem to be worried about this game at all. And I'm going to read you some of the predictions to Good, back that I'm up. glad. This is the, the, the one foot down the SB Nation side. This was their official prediction for tomorrow's game. Quote, Jack Plummer is a below-mid quarterback, and while I like Louisville running back Jawar Jordan, I don't think the Cardinal rushing attack is good enough to take the pressure off of Plummer. The Irish will likely be a bit tired and maybe even emotionally spent, but the matchups in this game all go in Notre Dame's favor. Sam Hartman is a much better QB than Plummer, and Notre Dame's ability to run the ball and stop the run on defense will make all the difference. Notre Dame 41, Louisville 17. Hmm. Again, it's a, it's all very, we think Plummer sucks and Hartman's better. A lot of I wonder why there. there's a Catholic alcohol, alcoholic stigma. <laughs> Mike, Michael Chen of <laughs> Fighting Irish Wire says this. Although Louisville enters the game as an undefeated ranked team, they're not quite as good as their status suggests. The Irish know all about Jack Plummer. Their best receiver, Jamari Thrash, transferred in from Georgia State, shouldn't be much of a challenge for the Notre Dame defense. It's on offense that I have a few concerns, but getting healthy out wide will help Sam Hartman a good amount. As long as the Irish can score over 28, they should win fairly easily, and I think they do. Notre Dame 38, Louisville 17. Yeah, he looked at the scoreboard, looked at the schedule, and then looked at our roster and clicked on Jamari Thrash, saw where he went, and that's what he did. John Firer. Who is? I've made bets at that. That's why I'm <laughs> for, last four in a straight there, uh, Mr. Chang. Uh, John Firer says, uh, also a Fighting Irish Wire, says, while this game against Jeff Brom and the Cardinals appears to be another tough matchup for the Irish, they pale in comparison to the Ohio State and Duke squads they've played the last two weeks. Louisville's schedule has been light so far, thus the impressive raw numbers they put up. Can, can, I would love, I'll, I'll love to do a comparison of... The exact same, like some of the people or the same message boards, what they were saying going into the Duke game and how comparable it was to what they're saying now with Louisville. Clemson win means a lot to him, apparently. So those numbers hardly resonate in my mind. They've seen quarterback Jack Plummer before at Purdue, so no surprises there. And while running back Jawar Jordan is a load, I expect the Irish defense to rise to the challenge. And after a few statistically below-average games from Sam Hartman, my expectation is that he'll get back on track. It's nice to have a Notre Dame squad to still feel confident after a loss and an almost letdown. Let's hope they continue to give us reasons to believe. Notre Dame 37, Louisville 17. I love our quarterback is below mid, but theirs just has had some bad statistical games. Well, and it's all like 
we've we've seen him before. We know what he does. We've seen Sam Hartman too. Yeah, and uh, trust me, those aren't bad statistical games. Those are Sam Hartman. Uh, the Again, last... there's a reason why a quarterback is in his seventh year of college football and not in the NFL. The last one here. This is from um, Tom Loy, who's of the the Notre Dame twenty four seven sports side. Of the fa- the famous Loy family. The the famous Tom Loy. He says, Sam Hartman seems like the type of player that when an opponent gets the best of him, he bounces back in a big, big way. Not sure what you're basing that off of, but okay. <laughs> Maybe We can all just say things. Last year, while playing quarterback at Wake Forest, Louisville got the best of him, and that may be an understatement. It was a very poor performance by the veteran signal caller. At least somebody finally looked that stat up. <laughs> but now it's a year later in a new system and surrounded by new teammates. I expect Hartman to play much, much better and play a key role in Notre Dame's success against Louisville Saturday night. It also doesn't hurt that Jaden Thomas and Jaden Greathouse are both returning to the field to suit up for the Fighting Irish and catch passes for him. The receivers are going to look much different this weekend compared to last in Durham. That's a good thing, Notre Dame fans. I expect great things from the Fighting Irish offense and believe the last-second win over Duke is going to prove to be a turning point for this year's Notre Dame team. Buckle up, Irish fans. There's a chance the season could still be very special in South Bend. Notre Dame, big. Notre Dame 38, Louisville 20. Is it just because he's handsome that they're like, he seems like a guy who's not going to get beat twice by the same team? I mean, Jack Plummer's no... Jack Plummer's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he's not. He's no, he's no garbage-pale kid. I mean, he's... This he's, is, this he's is doable. This is classic Notre Dame propaganda. Though. Like, if I was going to do a... If I was going to go on Tinder, I would use Jack Plummer's picture in a bait-and-switch on, on, on people. We talked about yesterday that the text line was talking about how Rudy's propaganda and, and how it's all this, you know, Notre Dame, they all study so hard. They're all well-up-brought. You know, young men, they've got come from good homes, they all do well in the classroom, all this stuff. Like they it's see for rich people. They for see athletes. Basically, I didn't say it, you said it. They, they see Sam Hartman, this well put together, six year quarterback, very much a man who stayed after the game last week against Duke to see that Riley Leonard was okay, did the right things, and they're like, you know what? That strikes me as a guy who's not gonna play this terribly against a team twice in two years. There's nothing to back that up. He's like, He seems like the type of player that when an opponent gets the best of him, he bounces back in a big, big way. But the neck beard, Rutherford. The neck beard. You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> Jack Plummer, to me, seems like a guy that when a team gets the best of him in two consecutive years, he bounces back in an even bigger way in year three. Bigger? That's what That's what his, his aura is. Everything about him, it just screams, beat me twice. Uh uh uh. Shame on you. I'm coming for you the third time. That's what Jack Plummer says to me. He just seems like that type of player to me, Trev. I wonder what kind of aura I give off. Purple. (laughs) I can feel your aura. Purple. (laughs) Nice, nice pull, by the way, on that one. But they are, like, like I I wonder how many people got that reference. The ones who did are the ones we love the most. <laughs> so the, ones, the, the, the ones who listen to the show through all the technical difficulties. <laughs> this was just a a small sampling, by the way. You can go to all the I linked all the the prediction posts everywhere. Like you you can check them all out, and they're all some variation of the same thing, which, I'm, which I'm, is plumber's bad. Plumber's bad. We're way better. They haven't played anybody. There's a, a, a few sprinkled in, like, like like sort of. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to call them like disses, but like mentions of how our stadium should not be the most hostile place in the world. And then it's all like Notre Dame by two scores or more. I'm literally, I'm really, I'm curious how many of them had the same kind of thought going into the Duke game, the day I'm going to the Louisville game. Oh, this Sam Hartman, we're, he's better. We're, this Riley Leonard, he's, he's overrated. They haven't beat anybody. It's Duke. Duke's not intimidating atmosphere. My analysis would be, yeah, it's Duke, if I'm them. 
Like that, that, that would be the lazy analysis. I mean, possibly. I'm copy and paste just the exact same thing he's saying about Louisville, but replace Louisville with Duke and, and Plummer with Re, with Riley. I can see that. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm also surprised by how many of them have been like, well, Duke is clearly better than Louisville. Well, now, in hindsight, they're saying it. I, But, you know, it, it's one of those, it, it's just something that you say. Which, I, by I, the way, is, is, is not true. It, it, I mean, it could be. We, we don't know. Well, on a given day, it could be, but I don't think... If you they played a Clemson team that I still think is good. I, Clemson's not great, they, they, but, and they beat them handily. They were aided by a lot of Clemson shooting themselves in the foot, but like that's a, that's a win that we don't have. So if you want to say... Well, let's play them this year, though. Maybe yeah, we well, we will. Mm-hmm. We're, we're playing Duke this year. I meant Clemson, but okay, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, this argument will be settled in three weeks anyway, but if you, you want to say right now, Duke is better than Louisville, I, okay, cool. But if you want to say that Louisville pales in comparison to Duke, you're guessing just as much as you are by saying like Duke is, is clearly better than Louisville. Like you don't have anything to back that up. Who knows how we would have played in Clemson against Clemson in the exact same situation? And Duke, outside of that game, has really played nobody besides Notre Dame. And, and so I think I feel like you're just basing that off of like you said, Trev, the fact that we almost lost this team. Well, clearly they're they're pretty good. <laughs> clearly they're really good. Maybe they're not. Maybe you just played like ass last week, and maybe you should have gotten beat by a Duke team that was running off the emotion of their home crowd, which is exactly the same situation that we're going to be in this weekend, the one that you're walking into when you play us at our house in about 40 hours, uh, 34 hours. Well, my math is way off. 28 hours. Don't get me. I got 13. <laughs> I, I didn't do much better than 27 and a half hours. That's the, that's well, the technically, let's say, let's say it's 4 o'clock. That's, that's 27 and a half, yeah. yeah 20, I got there. 27 and a half in two minutes, three minutes, really. Carry the three. Divide by two. I got my calculator in the car if you need it. Raised to the fifth power. Is your calculator really stolen in the car? It is. It's my glove apartment. <laughs> it's never going to get stolen. If I ever get pulled over, I'm be like, I have a calculator with my name on it, officer. <laughs> like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be driving, young man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me help you home. Let me help you exactly some what I'm going for. <laughs> it, it is crazy watching, like, it, even the Notre Dame fans on social media who have been... I, I feel like there's kind of like a Clemson thing going on here where when you meet Notre Dame fans out in the wild, they're fine. But when they're they're online... It's like National Geographic. Exactly. <laughs> their online fan base is just not... It's so cruel and just so unnecessary. Like There are people like, just like, I, like... I didn't tag Notre Dame in this. It's not even really about Notre Dame. It's just a tweet about Louisville. And it's like, you Lamar ain't going to save you on Saturday. I'm like, don't you have anything better to do? And there's also, based, based on your profile, there's no way you went to Notre Dame. So <laughs> you are very clearly a <laughs> sidewalk stereotype to stereotype them now. You never know. I think you can stereotype some of these people. They, they, they can be legacies. <laughs> Bubba Irish fan 69 with the with the, with his porn likes. I don't think went to Notre Dame. <laughs> Who? Maybe I'm wrong. Listen, of all... I know it might be uh, this, this comes to shock to me, but I never understood people who like the porn on on social media. I never understood like, like <laughs> a lot of UK fans with Christian and Dad in their bio. <laughs> Tell you that much right now. We gotta go to break. When we come back, four o'clock hour. We'll turn things over to you guys for a little bit on the Thornton sex line. Your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your previews, your predictions at 502-414-1450. It's the pre-game day show here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450-961, the Big X.
Item number two. Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450-961, the Big X. Getting very excited for tomorrow night. Getting very excited for tomorrow during the day as well. Let me know what your plan is. I think the what tailgate lights are opening up earlier than usual. If you want to get out there, I think it's 1 o'clock. You'll have all the lots open, all the standard lots. But if you want to tailgate even earlier, you can go to the uh, the, the pay lots. You can create your own spot. Just tailgate wherever the hell you can. Just you know, start tailgating right now. Why not? It's uh, over 24 hours away from kickoff. Who's going to stop you? I'm going to tailgate in my backyard. We're tailgating right now. We're, we're, we're very drunk. We're, we're, we're eating. Technically, that's tailgating. Like right now? I'm drunk. I'm drunk. Yeah, I wish we were drunk, but we're not. Neither one of us are drunk. I don't know what you are, but... I'm Trevor. I am slamming liquid IV, which feels like tailgating. That's fine. I'm drinking g- grape gator uh, Powerade. We're, we're both... We're, we're fueling up. It feels like tailgating. That's fine. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We have not heard from you today. We're going to rectify that right now. Before we do, though, reminding you that Thornton's is the best stop all fall long, all football season long, to take full advantage of the deals that Thornton's has in store for you. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. Become a Refreshing Rewards program member. Very easy to do. It's only going to take you about 45 seconds. Do that. You'll save money at the pump. You'll save money inside. Anytime you stop into the area, one of the areas, 78,216 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them because they know what they're doing. They're the best in the biz. And we have the t- best text line in the biz at 502-414-1450. Man, the text line, first time I looked at it, it's bumping. No surprise here. Text says, time to set the vibes right, man. Our fate tomorrow rests upon your shoulders. Go cards. I think we've done a pretty good job so far. My vibes are right. The only thing that set the I'm vibes... I'm feeling that good vibration. The only thing that set the vibes wrong, that, that threw the vibes off last night. Did you see the picture of Rick Pitino with Mark Stoops? Uh, I saw you posted something about it on Twitter. I just kind of went right past it, though. So Pitino was in Lexington, which it, I... It did nothing to my psyche. I told you guys back in the day, Pitino will go back to Lexington before he goes back to Louisville. It was definitely going to happen. He was there last night. His uh, his buddy Rick Avar, Dylan's dad, uh, put together this, this charity event, and Rick was there, and he took a picture with Mark Stoops, which is fine. Again, Rick's his friend. He's there for him. He can't control who's invited. But I did think, like, he goes, it was about the the description. He said, unbelievable event with Rick Avar and so many friends in Lexington. Mark Stoops being a five-star coach is obvious, but I found out more importantly that he is a five-star person. That was a little bit of a, a shot. That was a shot to my chest right there. Shot to my stomach. It yeah. made me sick. It hit me a little bit. There's, there's still a ricochet effect going on. I didn't did not like that at all. Did not like it one bit. He looks so happy in the picture, though. Post the pictures with Gorgie all you want. Post the pictures with Terry. He looks happy because he's on his way out. Yeah, it's just like the you don't have to be you know, over the top with Stoops. I just I was like, vibes are wrong. Vibes are off a little bit, but we're setting them right today. We're gonna fix this thing. Texture says this would be insane to most on both sides, but as a UK fan, if Kentucky were to win Saturday, then I wouldn't mind U of L winning. The coverage that both schools would get would be magnified, sort of like the Mississippi schools about a decade ago when both were top five. I think it would be really cool to dominate national stories like that. Plus, it would up the level puke levels of excitement for that last game. You guys are the best, but go Cats. Thank you. I mean, I don't care if Kentucky beats Georgia as long as we win. That's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, it, I'm kind of saying about with him. Like, I, I want Kentucky to lose. I always want Kentucky to lose. But if ever there were a time for them to win, as long as we win too, it would be kind of cool to have all of this coverage. Although... It would take away from some of the solo coverage of both of us, which would be sort of annoying. We would get lumped in together very easily. Like these basketball powerhouses that have never done much in, in the way of football are now both on a collision course with one another. Like, that, that was already happening last week when I was watching like the highlight show. We were 
we were lumped in along with uh, North Carolina and, Duke, and somebody yeah. in Duke because of basketball schools with football in their right. mind. Yeah. As long as they don't do the with the ESPN graphic a few weeks ago that was like undefeated blue bloods in, in, in basketball now in football. And it had, this is before Kansas and Syracuse lost, but it had like Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and Syracuse and not us. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Texter says, uh, audio still buzzing, but I'm going to power through it for game day. I, Mary, my, my wife texted in earlier and said it's the, the stream sounds great. So, yeah. I, 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 I throw my hands in the air. Texture says. I throw says, my hands up. I'm singing my song. Buzzing's going away. Play in the stream like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Text no. in the line like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Texture says, I believe it was the State of Louisville guys. They had a good touchdown celebration replay from the last Notre Dame game at home. Kind of debunked that jackass's thoughts on our crowd from the Notre Dame podcast. Yeah, I mean, we... I don't think we played the clip, but we talked about it yesterday. The the one foot down guys, their podcast, talking about how one of them was here in 2019. And yeah, they claimed it was a sellout crowd, but there were all, all sorts of sections that were empty, and they had the tarp over some of the, the sections, which is just completely made up. It's not. There's never even when the, the stadium is half empty, there's never tarps covering sections at, at home football games. That's you know, Oakland Athletics baseball, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. It's, we, the only time we have tarps up, we have, I mean, the Yum Center, some like volleyball games or, or women's basketball, when you know people aren't going to be up there, you'll have the, that will be tarped off. But it's never happened at a home football game. And also, if you watch any of the videos from that, th- there may have been some spotty, like, seats, groupings at the very top of the Adidas section and the flight deck. But the lower, like, section is entirely full for virtually the entirety of that game until Notre Dame pulls away late. And then, look, it's a Labor Day Monday. People have, it's Louisville. People have places to go. But besides that, like, it was, it was just a straight lie told on the podcast. Texas says, Trevor, quote, I wake up at 1 or 2 p.m., then I have the whole day in front of me. <laughs> yeah? It's Trevor's whole day. I don't understand what's wrong with that quote. <laughs> he lives on a different time than the rest of us. It's just fine. <laughs> I said it. What was wrong with it? It's not a lie. I'm not lying like those podcasters, am I? The whole day is in front of me. Well, no. Part of the day is behind you. The morning part. Oh, yeah. The entire morning party. But yeah, but no one cares about the morning. <laughs> I wish they did. I wish my kids. You know why no one, no one likes no one likes the morning. That's why it's called morning when, when someone passes. No one wants morning. <laughs> it's a bad time. You ever hear any negative st- uh, stigmas with the word afternoon? Do you? No one talks badly about <laughs> darkness or night. Yeah, I tell you what. When you talk about morning, you talk about sadness. You know, you know what they say when you say afternoon? It's a delight. People, people do love the afternoon. So, what's wrong with waking up? The best part of waking up is getting up at one o'clock. Bolger's had it wrong. I miss those days. To be to be nineteen or to be forty three. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Texture says, if you could guarantee a Louisville win against Notre Dame or against Miami, which one are you taking? Tough choice, but I think I'm saying Notre Dame. Just so the hype actually pays off and the fan base gets that big win. Now we had the same question yesterday, but it was about Notre Dame or Kentucky. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a little bit of a different one because I mean there is a chance that the Miami game could determine whether or not we go to the ACC championship. So I think I think most Louisville fans would say if we know we're going to beat Duke and Pitt in the Virginia schools, like you take Miami because that means eight no in conference play. We're playing for a title. That's incredible, but. Because we don't know that's going to happen, there's certainly a case to be made for taking the guaranteed win against Notre Dame and then taking your chances with with Miami. Well, 
This is a tough one. I think this it is tougher than Kentucky. The only reason I'm taking Notre Dame is because I'm selfishly wanting to just be like, hey, let's just get it and keep moving and keep the magic going. Then we'll worry about you know what, Miami. That's future Trevor's problem. Current Trevor problem is Notre Dame. Let's let future Trevor worry about Miami when when that comes about. That'll be his issues. Modern day Trevor says, let's get just take out Notre Dame. I mean, I stand by my preseason belief, and maybe it's totally misguided. Maybe when we get to the actual game here in six weeks. It'll be, this will sound really stupid, but Miami is still the game on the schedule that I look at and I'm like, I feel like we have the, the least shot at winning. Like, I feel like we have more of a shot at winning this game this weekend than I do that game on the road against Miami, even though there's still a lot of football to be played and we still haven't seen Miami really play a, a, a tough team outside of A&M. So you would think I would just choose the Miami game, but I'm kind of like, it's all about the timing for me in, in taking this. And I am being selfish and saying, if we win this one, you have what should be, should be, a winnable game next Saturday on the road against Pitt. Then we get a bye week. That takes you basically until Halloween weekend. Duke will come in here on October 28th. We'll be 7 and 0. This is like, you know, this is deep into the season now. 7 and 0, 4 and 0 in conference play. We'll be one of the talks of the, of the football season. Like I I don't think I can pass up the opportunity for 3 weeks of guaranteed just discussion about UFL football being in the spotlight. We haven't had that since 2016 and I'm desperate to get back there. Um, so I, I'm with you. I'm going Notre Dame win. Yeah. It's a tough question, though. Texas, regarding the Michigan State football situation, I nah. feel bad for Brenda Tracy and for anyone that has shaken Mel Tucker's hand. I don't know if that's because KRC talked about it or. I mean, I feel bad for anybody that shakes her hand. But... Mel Tucker sucks. We can we can agree. Both as a coach and a person. He's he's not cool. Yeah, I don't think there's any any actually any winners in that in that in that story, personally. Texas says the Rudigers can't go after Rutherford on my watch. They shouldn't try that in a small town. <laughs> Why don't you try that in a small town, yeah. Rudiger? Joliet, Illinois. Isn't that a small town? Just come down here to Louisville, Kentucky and see how we do it. Isn't Joliet? That's a pretty small town, though, right? Well, the whole point is, like, Jason Aldean's not from a small town either. Oh, I didn't even know he sang the song. Yeah. <laughs> what town was he from? Like, New Orleans or something? He's from, like, a... Where is he from? It's not. It's not that big. What defines a small town? Like, what would be the population? I don't cap? know, Trevor. Just, I'm asking, no, your opinion. I'm just curious. He's from Macon, Georgia, which is definitely not a small town. No, I like Mark Macon, the player, though. <laughs> that's my addition. Went, that's my, that's my addition. <laughs> I like Mark Macon when he went to Temple and went to Elite Eight and lost to North Carolina. Texter says, "We went to Silvio's last night and heard someone bring up my text asking about the Italian restaurant that listens to the show. There, like." We're, we're, we're giving Silvio's business. Shout out to the Malillos. We love you. Please send me some some breadsticks or something. Dude. Silvio's is delicious. Where's that at? It's in St. Matthews. Okay. Texas says there's some weird stuff going on with the line. The public is absolutely hammering Notre Dame with 85% of the money on them minus six and a half. Yet the spread hasn't gone up to seven and even dropped to six at multiple times. Vegas definitely knows something. Did line dropped six points? Where was I? No, dropped to six. Oh, dropped. Okay. Misunderstood you that is curious. If like, if that much money is coming in on, and I, I'm trusting the texture here. If that much money is coming in on the Notre Dame side, and the line is holding firm at six and a half. In fact, like I saw it, it dropped to five and a half on Wednesday at most books. I think it stayed at six on DraftKings, but at most books it went down to five and a half. Then yeah, maybe these maybe Vegas is just like we're we're banking on the cards. We feel good about it. Texas audio is still sucking over here in Indiana. Well, I'm sorry. A lot of things sucks in Indiana. <laughs> 
Can't help myself on that one. Can we talk about the commercial we're playing now with the the, the coach of New Albany, where he's like the the best Indiana high school football team, New Albany? I'm like, I've got a problem with that. I'm a Silver Creek guy. Well, <laughs> yeah, but we're 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 Mayor Jeff Cahan guys. I don't care. We're, we 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 are we are full believers in 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 the, his Mary Mary campaign. Did I get that right? Mayoral. Mayoral. No, not, not Oriole. Ma- the Baltimore Mayorials. <laughs> Mayo. Mayo. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. It makes the Mayo. <laughs> Jeff Gahan for mayor. Mayor Gahan. Are we allowed to take sides in that? When they pay us. I don't think they're not. Isn't that how politics work? That's not how it works. Are you <laughs> sure? I'm pretty sure that's how politics work. I mean, I'm you pay. I'm pretty sure if you're a radio station, you have to get. Actually, I know because we've done this before. You have to give equal sides to equal amount of time to each candidate. <laughs> what world is a radio host ever given equal sides to something? Every radio host. <laughs> Trust me, we had uh, Greg Fisher on all the time on the old show. Like we we had we got lit up by our heart about it. We had to couldn't talk if we were going to talk politics. We had to have the other candidates on too. What? Well, we're not having candidates on. We're just giving our opinions. And my opinion is he's awesome. Okay. Text is good to hear. TK's confidence <laughs> level is rising. Uh, now the, the text line is frozen. Uh, I can't. No, yeah. my 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 rising froze. <laughs> not the first time it's happened. To him. No, no, don't stop. Is this the mayor hacking my computer now? <laughs> See, that's what you get. You should have been on. He's on board, mayor. He's got the power. Here we go. Uh, good to hear TK's confidence level is rising despite me jumping out to a 63-point lead on him in fantasy last night after the WKU game. Ooh. Oh, I haven't looked at my score today. That's not good. <laughs> for, well, for but Yeah, but I like to point out that I it's a two-quarterback league, and I have the number one and number two passing quarterbacks in college football. Penix leads the nation in passing yards. Shredor Sanders is number two, and I've got them both. But you're getting your ass kicked. Uh, I am number one still in the standings. Number one in total points. Okay, so who cares? Though? Uh, oh yeah, he's got me. Yes, he's beat me. Yeah. Oh, it's, I'm playing my I'm playing my my mom's lover. Oh no. <laughs> okay, yeah, he had yeah he had the he's the one that stole the Western combo on me that I wanted to, which I ended up taking the Washington combo instead. He's got yeah he had Corley and uh, and Reed going. Did you watch any of the speaking of football last night? Because I watched the end of the Western game. Oh, Western only won by seven. Yeah, they. Was th- I turned it off when it was thirty-five-seven. I ended up betting. I took my twenty-dollar free bet and took it on the, the the tops minus six. And I was it was some nervous moments there late. They yeah they they gave up. It was a rough second half, but they did win by seven. But I watched a little bit of that. I did not watch any of the Bears Commanders game. Did you? I did. I watched all up till. Well, yeah, because I, wa- I watched I watched a little bit of the Liberty game because I had Liberty minus twenty one. That one was uh, that's all that went poorly. Swinging a miss like Pete and Cavilia. Um and then that's when I kind of stopped paying attention. And just pretty much was like, you know what, I'll just focus on the Bears game. So I watched it all the way up to about I don't know five minutes in the fourth quarter, and then I turned it off. It was it was it was. Uh, so yeah, I, answer your question. Yes, I, I watched almost all of it. I didn't. My, my Bear fan Washington were going nuts. Lost. I mean, they just so sound like. They still put up, you know what? I had to start Sam Howell in, fantasy, in one of my fantasy leagues this week as a, as a bye week uh, streamer, and he still gave me 20 and a half points, so I'm not too bad. There says TK seems down today. TK's not down. You T- seem a little bit. You're a little, you're tempered. Uh, no, I mean, I feel pretty cool. Texas quote from TK, Plummer is doable. <laughs> well, he is. I wish I looked like Jack Plummer. Uh, me too. I look like Jack Plummer. I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have any issues right now. I look like Jack Plummer. You'd be doing this show with somebody else, and I'd be at the bar right now. Would you? Well, 
strip club. Uh, <laughs> Texas, I think we have to come out of the gate sending blitzes on defense every play of the first series. It's something that Notre Dame might not be prepared for because we haven't done that this season. And we're going to need to get into Hartman's head about last year before he gets into a rhythm. I actually wholeheartedly agree with this. If you went, if you watched the Notre Dame-Duke game, Duke did something that they had not done really at any other point this season. Like They brought, they blitzed virtually every single play of the game. And eventually Notre Dame adjusted a little bit and took advantage, and, and they used uh, Andrews the tight end over the middle uh, a lot in their passing game and, and just you know did the whole throw it where the blitz is coming from. But it really helped them slow down Notre Dame's run game. It did put pressure on Hartman earlier. It did not let them get going with their deep passing game. I feel like we've got to do the same thing. Like I, I know that Ron English isn't like Brian Brown where it's, it's feast or famine, uh, at least Brian Brown last year where we were bringing a ton of heat on virtually every play. I think we have to do that. I, I think that there's... If we sit back and let them come to us, Estime is such a physical runner that he's going to get four or five yards every single carry at least. And Hartman is, I know we made him look silly last year, he's good enough and he's composed enough and he doesn't screw up enough that he's going to find the holes in that zone. And their offensive line is just, I think it's just too good to try to beat them mano y mano in the trenches. I think they're they're just they're way bigger than us. Like That's what you get when you're Notre Dame and you're getting every five-star tackle in the world. You're going to have an offensive line that is loaded with dudes that are just so physically imposing. I think the only way to make up for that is to blitz and say, if we get beat over the top by a Notre Dame offense that has not been great with explosive play so far this season, or if we over-pursue and estimate gets loose, so be it. But we're going to have to make up for that with tackles for loss and by forcing some turnovers. I'm okay with that. Yeah, we, we fully on board with the bring in the heat. Uh Texas says, my main concern is Notre Dame focusing on stopping the run and making us one-dimensional and forcing Plummer to beat them through the air. If that happens, how do you feel about our chances, and how does Brom adapt the game plan? I'm, pro- I'm telling you now, Texas, just, you're going to have that feeling. Every every week, that's going to be the mindset of every team at this point, I think, going forward. We're going to have to just hope that uh, Jack is as accurate as he is handsome. I think that, and I, I, I touched on this yesterday, I think it's the matchup between our offense and their defense is really similar to what we saw last week against NC State. Like, and I say that knowing full well, Notre Dame's better defensively than, than NC State was, but they have a good defensive line. I mean, they, again, they've got they've got dudes in the trenches because they're always going to have dudes in the trenches. They've got one of the best cornerbacks in, in all of college football. Uh, Benjamin Morrison is probably going to be one of the first five cornerbacks taken in the NFL draft. They've got linebackers who are like really good college linebackers, maybe not pros. They're not super athletic. They're not super fast, but they're just, they're steady. And then I think their safeties are a little bit suspect. So it's kind of the same thing that we saw last week where the key for Louisville, I think is going to be getting those matchups where they can either attack the safeties because Plummer has enough time to throw and we can get three or four guys going vertical or you get those mismatches where one of their linebackers is forced to cover Jawar Jordan out of the backfield or fo- forced to cover one of the the crossing route guys, Kevin Coleman, Mario Huggins-Bruce, somebody like that. If we can get that and take advantage of it, because we got it last year, last week a couple of times and just misfired on a couple of those throws, I think that's where we can kill them. But I do, I mean, they're average against the run so far. They're really good against the pass. It's the fourth best pass defense in all of college football. They're like the 56th best rush defense. They're giving up some chunks. So I, I think that they will go all out to try to stop the run and to force Plummer to beat us. And you're right, TK. Like This has been a common thread that we've seen so far this season. 
and Plummer took full advantage against Boston College. He did not take full advantage against Indiana or NC State. Every team that we play moving forward is going to probably have this exact same game plan where they're like, take away Jordan, don't let don't let him have a traditional run game, don't let him have those explosive plays, make Plummer beat us with throws downfield. If he can, you tip your cap. If we're banking on, on the fact that he can't, and I think that's just the way it's going to be for this entire season. There's I mean, a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, he's now if he can have you know back to back good games, which I'm not saying he's incapable of doing, but you that then maybe you do see a little less you know focus completely on the run game or stopping the run game. That being you know going in after that, but until then, yeah, I mean that's just I mean that's just, I mean that's we 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 late we made that bed by the way we we were. You know, as aggressive we were running the ball and how good we've been running the ball, you know, in the first three or four games of the season. So that's how it's going to be. Texture says 502-414-1450. Does worry you a little bit, doesn't it? Does it not? Are you a little worried by that, though? The one that you, yes. Yeah, okay, good. I just want to make sure it's just me. I mean, the worry is everybody talks about this, and I feel like they're trying to be nice about it. But, like, Brahma said it. Plummer said it about himself. Stephen Heron said it. You know, it's all this narrative of, I've used that word a lot this week. I'm sorry, but it, but it is this narrative of like Plummer. He wants to win so badly that he kind of works himself into a little bit of a frenzy, and, and he gets jittery in big games. And you saw it in the first half against Georgia Tech, and you saw it a little bit last week in the in a tough environment against NC State. And I feel like it's just a euphemism sometimes for people saying like he's not great when the the spotlight's the brightest, and that makes me concerned going into this game. But look, if he wants to flip that talk on its head, have a huge game this weekend against Notre Dame. That's all you have to do. Like show up. Calm down. If you do get yourself too hyped, like do whatever you got to do to make sure that you're calmed down. And also, like it's a lot of pressure on Jeff to call the right type of game. I, I like that he shouldered some of the blame after last week and said, you know, Jack was a little bit too fired up early on. He wasn't seeing the field clearly, and part of that's on me. I, I, I have to call a better game. However, you can let him ease into the flow of the game on Saturday. That's what you want to do. Although I wouldn't hate like us just going for a big shot right off the bat because if you, you know, two plays touchdown. That's going to let you ease into the game pretty quickly as well and get some confidence right off the bat, too. <laughs> yeah, just, it would be. And I think we tried to do that last week, and he just he missed Jawar Jordan, streaking down the left side. He did. Yeah. Texas, I actually think that some of the Notre Dame disrespect is stemming from the effects of the Satterfield era here. That took so much wind out of the sails of our program when just a few years ago, Louisville was always considered an underrated football program slash game day environment. It might be that. There might be some perceptions. But, I mean, like, even Satterfield, we – Scared them more than anybody thought we were going to in that first game in 2019. And I think we could have scared them more if Satterfield hadn't played to just keep it close as opposed to, I would have liked to have seen him play. the 12-7 game? No, no, I'm talking about the, the 2019 game. Oh, they the, won 35-17. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think Satterfield was just playing to keep it close. Like, we were, we're down. We weren't like, trying to come back. We just sort of ran the ball. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I guess we're happy to just cover the spread here. And then the the 12-7 game, like you said, in 2020, we were very close to beating them on their home field for the second time in as many chances. So the fact that it's just all this disrespect when two worst teams played you pretty close or closer than people thought we were going to under that coach that you think is, is not as good as this one, I still don't really get where all of this disrespect is coming from. Also, let's remember, we beat you on your home field in 2014. So it's oh, not like it was, you just dominated the series. I know, I know this was probably talked about at the time, but I just didn't think about it. I'm just bringing it back now. Look at another Dame team that, that beat us 12-7. to the two games before that game, they put up 52 and 42. After that, yeah. they put up 45 and 31. 47, 45, 31, 45. Brian Brown masterclass. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> Tommy just saying. That's, that's astonishing. That, 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 that I mean, now, granted, they, when they got in the playoff, you saw them going to score 10 and 14, respectively. Yeah, but, that team wasn't that good. No. There's the volume is really low uh, on the audio that you're playing. Sorry. 
Oh, the computer. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I asked. About, that's something that's on the list. Trust me. Yeah, we can't do technical stuff. We, we definitely can't do calls. I asked, uh, asked that question. They're like, eh, I wouldn't because apparently KRC's did not go well the other day. Yeah, well, yesterday I had, I listened to some of KRC yesterday's show, but I didn't get to I didn't get to the Corey Price segment, so I didn't I don't know how. Yeah, that's how where it sounded like he was calling from a spaceship, according to <laughs> the text line. <laughs> well, how do we know he wasn't? He may have been. Maybe he's on. Maybe, I mean, he's he's in, he's he's in over the moon right now with Kentucky football. Texas says, I'm, "Come uh, on, I don't get that. Don't, you know, like, like it. a rim shot or anything with that." Boom, Texas, why do we as Louisville fans want the Talking Heads to accept us so bad? Who cares what people say? Just win the games and everything will take care of itself. Because well, David yeah, Byrne, it's cool. We want Talking Heads to like us. I do love David Byrne. <laughs> it's not that like I mean I I said it like seven times when I was doing the intro. It's not like I'm sitting here being like oh, I'm so angry about this. I just think it's. It's surprising to me because, again, this summer when the schedule first came out, I felt like everybody, including some Notre Dame fans, they were circling this game and being like, that's a tough spot for Notre Dame. Louisville, big game program. Jeff Brom, big game coach. They've got USC the week after that. They'll still be you know, riding whatever happened against Ohio State two weeks prior. This could be a little bit of an upset special. And then we're here at the actual game, and Louisville has has done what people hoped they were going to do, gone 5-0, and made the top 25, Notre Dame is, you know, they've looked good, but they have not looked like they're God's gift of football or anything like that. And yet, and still, we're, it's a whole lot of, I think Notre Dame covers and covers easily. It's the national talk. Again, does not make me angry, does not make me, oh, we've got to show these people. It just is surprising to me that that's been the talk this week. I don't know. I saw you pretty, pretty pissed earlier. You ripped up a phone book. I walked in with a picture of Tom Fornelli. I was like, Fornelli! I was like, that's impressive. Where did a man find a phone book? He's punching the wall. I'm like, Wetzel! <laughs> Fornelli, Sendak, 40. I hate all of you. Coming for you. Take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, we'll read some more of your texts at 502-414-1450. I have a couple of other little tidbits on the game that have come up over the last 24 hours that I'll get TK's thoughts on. It's the, the Mike Rutherford Show Friday edition here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Sam Harmon. <laughs> I hope it's not Blubber. Six turnovers. I think Blubber was the, the, the hoodie over him looking himself in the mirror right now. <laughs> Have we talked about the fact that Sam uh, Sam Harmon turned the ball over six times last year? I heard that. One quarter, not a whole game. That's worse than vomiting on your sweater. It's, it's the football equivalent of, I think, pooping your pants. <laughs> my pants are pooping my pants. A little third quarter poops pants. Uh, pants poop. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Welcome back in. Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reminder, tomorrow, uh, the big game going down 730 on ABC. If you want to listen to it, you can hear the, all the action, of course, on your new home for Cardinal Athletics. 970 WGTK. The pregame will show. Uh, will start at 6 o'clock. Kickoff at 730. Uh, we Katie George in the house, too. We have a Louisville zone. Katie George on the sideline for the national broadcast, which is a cool thing. Yeah, that would be cool. It will be cool. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We've been talking, obviously, a lot 
So who are the announcers from Raw? Did you say another? Okay, George's sideline. I know you just said, but you can maybe look it up. I mean, oh, I'm just, I thought maybe you said it. I'm sorry. No, I don't have it in front of me. Oh. I can. Look I, I, I assume there's an ABC's Kurt Herbstreit, right? It's not Herbstreit tomorrow. Oh, it's not your your given like primetime ABC crew. No. Oh, my bad. It's the it's the new crew, but it's not it's not that crew. Like he doesn't do those games anymore. A lot of times. Joe Tessitore, Jordan Rogers, and Katie George. Tessitore's okay. Tessitore's fine. I met Jordan Rogers at a bowl game party in Nashville a few years ago. Wasn't impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't move my needle. Okay, he was with Jared Stillman. Nice, too cool for Jared. He acts like he is. That's his loss. Anyway. <laughs> 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Please, more text from you guys. Uh, try to get through as many of these, and then I've got a couple of more tidbits on the game. 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk Louisville Notre Dame, and then we'll give you our big X, big bets of the weekend, round two. You got yours already ready? I've got mine ready. And I, then I, I, got, I, got one, I got two of mine. I need one more still. You know, redeem yourself after your 0 for 3 performance last week. <laughs> Did you go 2 and 1? 2 and 1. And then we'll do our pick em segment per usual. And get Which ready I'm tied for. with now with you. We are, we are all tied up. We I didn't realize I was going back and checking the picks. We disagreed on the first three games last week, and then the, the next seven were all the, exactly the same. <laughs> I went eight and two. You went seven and three. We've, we've done way better this year with the pick'em segment than we did. Like this year, uh, this time a year ago, I feel like we both were hovering dangerously close to five hundred, which is not good for a pick'em segment. Uh, it's we're not betting against the spread. Pick'em should be pretty easy for a lot of these games, but we were not doing well last year. We're doing much better this year. Good, good. Well, we're like little football then. You're damn right. Upgrade. Texas says, I'll be at the game tomorrow and hopefully to meet the hopefully I will meet the Bring Brom home guy. So Mike, meet me at the party deck at the end of the first quarter. No. Well, I mean, is he saying that you're the Bring Brom home guy because he wants to meet you? Is that what he's saying? I think so. I'm not the Bring Brom home guy. I hate to disappoint. I don't know. I've, I've, I've never seen you two in the same place at the same time. Apparently somebody was saying like they one of the games they found the Bring Brom home guy. Like he was tweeting from his phone, like the guy behind him noticed. At least that's the story that's out there. I think it's Patrick. <laughs> that sounds like just like some like, like water cooler rumor. <laughs> I knew a guy. Well no, he tweeted We went to high school with this dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was on it was on Twitter. Like this guy was like, I caught the Bring Brom home guy tweeting and the guy was like, please keep my Bring Brom home guy was like, nice to meet you. Like please keep my identity secret. Like I don't think it's anybody like it's like somebody like Patrick. It's somebody not famous. No, well, he's famous now. Patrick is. Well, that's because he's on 680. Yeah, because he's round daddy's sidekick. <laughs> round Patty. Round Patty. Texas, I'm not really sure how other fans feel, but I feel like the cards are going to lose by two touchdowns, two plus touchdowns. Ooh. I hope I'm wrong, but it feels like a get right game for Notre Dame. I'm excited and terrified at the same time. I'm not going to completely, and I know I've been, we've been talking about how, like, how surprising it is to see so many people saying that this is going to be a two touchdown plus victory for Notre Dame. I'm not saying that the possibility hasn't entered my mind. We've beaten three not great teams that have proven to be not great yeah. by very slim margins. There's certainly a, a world where Notre Dame comes out and they just, we cannot stop them. And Plummer doesn't play well. We can't get Jamari Thrash free. The run game doesn't get going. And they run away with like a 17, 20 point win. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge, I feel like that possibility is far more realistic than us just going in there and, and, and waxing them by 21 or something. Am I being overly pessimistic? No, no. It's it's definitely it's definitely a little 
there's a there's a there's a little 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 guy in the in the back in the back of my head or over on my shoulder just kind of saying warning me the same stuff. Trying to beat him down. Just yeah, get go away. Yeah, we mostly just put a cup over him and, and, and ignored him. Texas another person. Plumber is doable. TK, what the what, what? I mean I'm 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 secure enough my masculine to say he's a handsome man. We both are. I yeah. I, I don't think I actually heard you make that comment, but <laughs> it was because they were like they were like Sam Hartman. He's so great. He's so kind. He's so handsome. He's got a great neck beard. Like plumber's doable. So that was, that's what he's got a mustache. They, got bo- a mustache. they both have great facial yeah, hair. Yeah, he gets rides. Come on, leave him alone. <laughs> Looking a lot better after Saturday night. Texas biggest f up in U of L history. Letting Patino go. I'm not gonna comment on that. <laughs> We're trying to get the vibes right, Texas. Yeah, let's let's not let's let's not. Yeah, let, let's let's. Uh, yeah, come on, Texas. You can save that for like Monday when we're like celebrating and stuff. Texas says TK trying to fix the audio and buzzing issues and sends a picture of somebody looking aimlessly at all the <laughs> wires. That's gotta look like what we. I, I'm telling you, at least he stood up. And go tried. go watch uh, Down Periscope. That is me being trying to fix stuff. The electrician in Down Periscope. Texas says, "Who does Boise guy think is gonna win?" <laughs> Boise guy has gotten up and quiet with his team not playing too well, huh? Not listen to Boise radio. I'll tell you that much. Is he following the basketball teams? Is he hanging out with Chris Childs? Basketball may be the better route to go right now. Leon Rice, great coach. Texture says TK. Leon Rice? Leon Rice. Oh. Boise State's basketball. Team. Yeah, okay. Texture says TK is chesty today, and I'm loving it. My pregame jitters are setting in. Nothing a couple, a couple card nails won't help tomorrow. So I haven't had a cardinal. What, what, what would be comparable to the beer it would taste like? I've never had it either. I don't think it's too hoppy, though. It's not like an IPA, but apparently it's it's good. I have Gravely been, makes great beer. I was, I, I'm going to tell you now. I, when it comes to like when beer, like people talk about IPAs and hoppies, and I, I don't know what any of that means. I was never, I guess I was just never a, a beer contestor. I was just We well, like, don't have to know what it means, but like, you've had an IPA before, right? I Maybe. So you, Well, I mean, you would know it. I, you strike me as somebody who would not like IPA. I pretty much just would drink. The only beer I really ever drank was like Budweiser in a bottle. Yeah, that's. I think you could probably handle Cardinal. Like, like I've got friends that would be like are like all over like the Samuel Sam Jackson or Samuel whatever <laughs> Jackson beer Samuel Adams. <laughs> the exotic Sam Adams beers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they like that stuff, and they they they're always talking about you know hops and barley and. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just, I just want to. If I'm gonna drink a beer, it's, I'll have a Budweiser, and then if I'm not drinking a Budweiser, I'm drinking probably liquor. Texas, how many drinks do I have tomorrow? I'm getting there at two forty-five. Uh, before the game or during the game? For a big game like this, though, I don't like to be. You don't want to get sloshed. You don't want to be too sloppy. Like you want, unless we're up like thirty-five nothing at half, then you can maybe start like pulling them down. A and I say this like. I'm I'm trying to say this from the frame of mind that I had back in my like heavy drinking days because now I can't drink very much. But like, if, if I were trying to go into this with that mindset, I think the the right play is drink a lot quickly when you get there, have a good time for a couple of hours. The closer you get to to game time, settle down. Definitely mix in a ton of water. Maybe just slow the drinking down so you're you got the proper buzz. It alleviates the nerves a little bit, gets you more excited than scared, but you're not. You still are aware of what's happening because the worst thing is being way too drunk at a, at a big game. Like oh that. yeah, Louisville, Mississippi State, or I mean, that's Louisville Southern Miss for me. We all have stories. We all have that story. And then with a, when we're on, I wake up at halftime and have a three quarters of a Whopper in my left pocket. I pull it out to start. <laughs> I pull it out, and start eating it like I'm uh, Winthorpe on the bus with the salmon. 
This woman just looking next to me. I'm like, what? Never seen a man with a Whopper in his pocket? Well, that's just cool. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like missing big parts of the game is what I would be concerned about. Yeah, but in fairness, we did win that game. It was one of the few times we beat Southern Miss. You did it. That Whopper in your pocket. A Whopper in my pocket. And then a Whopper I, in your pocket? Are you just happy about the cards? And that left-handed cigar I smoked at the top of Cardinal Stadium. <laughs> Texas says, we have to give Notre Dame some eye candy. We need to motion thrash and AHB with a couple of jet sweeps. Get the backers moving sideways and safety's eyes out of the backfield. It'll open up the lanes for Jordan and possibly give us a shot over the top. Also going to need some big plays. I don't see us being successful in a grinder with them. They're more talented at ev- almost every position. I agree with all of that. I think that's mm-hmm. like we are a we are very much an explosive play offense. We've not been great in the red zone the last uh but basically besides the BC game was all explosive plays, but I think we're like 83rd in red zone offense. We've not been good recently. We need, if it's going to be a game that score that's played in like the upper twenties or above, I feel like we need a couple of touchdowns at least that are on plays of 45 yards or more. Like we're we're going to have to hit on those when they're out there. And I do think that we, I, I would like to see more motion with thrash. I would like to see, we, we didn't use it really at all last week. The, the, the little jet sweep or getting the wide receivers in the backfield I like to see that happen, uh, and and like the texture says, when those big plays are out there, you gotta hit them, gotta hit them. There's no way we win this game if Jack Plummer is even average. Like he's got to be good. No, we got we need we need at least a B game. Like he doesn't have to. He doesn't. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. Boys, I, I need. I, I'm. I we're. I need him to not make mistakes as much as I need him to maybe not make plays. Does that make kind of sense? Not at all. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Are you trying to say we need him to, to be error-free as much as we need him to be explosive? Exactly. And, and this what I'm so trying you want him to, to be say. a game manager. Like, I don't need – yeah. For us, yes, because I, I feel like we have weapons around us if he can, we, that they can turn a simple you know stretch run into a 60-yard touchdown that, that he doesn't need to do but hand off. We have athletes who, and, and athletes, I think they can make a a five yard hitch route into a thirty five yard gain or longer of a touchdown without him having to be, you know, getting it deep and explosive to him. Like those, I just be be un, be accurate and don't turn the ball over. And I believe Will was in this game, win or lose. I kind of disagree. I mean, I, I think in most games you're spot on. I think in this game he's got to be. It has to be more than just I don't make mistakes. Like, I think if if Jack Plummer goes out there and he's like. 20 of 27 for 189 yards with no touchdowns and no interceptions. I think we get beat. We get beat handily. Like He's got to – I totally agree about when we have guys in space, especially the guys that can turn a five-yard reception into a 30-yard reception, like you said. He's got to make those decisions. But I think there are going to be – like he's going to have to make some big throws down the field if we're going to have any shot. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe we can beat them in sort of a grinder where it's a lot of sustained drives and a lot of back and forth. But I think he's going to have to be – I think if he's not really good, we don't have much of a shot to win this game. Would love to be wrong, but that's putting a lot of pressure on the defense for two weeks in a row. I mean, would you trade him being good with those explosive plays over him having three turnovers or a matching a turnover per explosive play? It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? I, mean, I guess. I mean, I, I would. I mean, we're gonna have to score, and I, the running game was so stagnant last week. And I, Notre Dame is better up front than, than NC State was, so I'd love to think that we're just gonna turn it on this week, and the running game is gonna be miraculously better. But I think we're gonna. Seems like it's going to be tough sledding again, even though Notre Dame has been, they've been susceptible at times to giving up some chunk plays on the ground, but they're, I mean, NC State was too, and they held us to fewer yards than we had carries last week. 
Texas Mike, any scoops on how practice has gone this week? No. No, no basketball. Football scoop? Okay, my bad. No, no. I've well, got, my mom suddenly the basketball. Was Why was that? Because usually people are asking for basketball scoops. That's true. I guess so we, don't, so, we get information on football. We don't get information for basketball. There's very rarely stuff that gets out there. But football, no, I've not, I've, I've not heard anything from anybody. They've all been very focused, very busy. A lot of stuff going on. Rightfully so. Brian, all, all Brian's doing is talking about his ring of honor. He doesn't even care about the game. He's done nothing for the game. He's just he's flying everybody in town. He's calling himself ring of honor prom. Like, that's just, he's fully focused on himself and not the game at all. That's classic Brian. I did. That's true. I actually, I ran into him at Cadoba, and I was like, Brian, how, how, how's Notre Dame looking? He's like, Notre who? It's all about the pregame ceremony. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the pregame. It's not even about the game. He's like, what time do you get to the game, Brian? He's like, I got to be there at halftime for the ceremony. <laughs> like, you're not going to be in the booth already? He's like, huh? Booth? Just leaves after his, his ceremony. Just going right. Jeff can call the plays. Greg can take my spot upstairs. Yeah, Greg got an article with Rick. He can do it. That's what he's doing. <laughs> he's so jealous of that. Texas, the Cards are going to win 31-28 on a walk-off field goal from Brock to take the lead as time expires. The field is stormed, and unlike Notre Dame, we carry someone off the field that's deserving, unlike Rudy. <laughs> would, that, would that be Notre a rub, rub in their face if we can't Brock kick a field goal? <laughs> would it be rub, be ready to, we can't, we've never carried anybody off the field. Would we, cut, would we carry Brock or would we carry Jeff off the field is the question. <laughs> I see we do 85 bears in both. Let's carry Greg off. Carry Greg to help you <laughs> Sam Hartman's those four interceptions. We carry him. <laughs> Come here, Sam. Just drop Brian. Drop Brian. Carrying Sam Hartman off the field is actually hilarious. Like, <laughs> he's doing do like four interceptions. <laughs> including the one that sets up the game-winning field goal. And our defense just goes and picks him up and carries him up. Get him up there. He looks like shakes his off. He's like, "Come on, guys!" And he's like, "All right, all right, let's let's, let's do this." Goes into our locker. Room. He's a team player. He's like, "Okay." Uh, Texas. How the bleep does someone think that UK is comparable to the 49ers? And it's a graphic of a tweet from one of these college football accounts that just does all this stuff for bleeps and giggles. And it's a SEC NFL comparisons. No, I get it by what they're well, – the Georgia Eagles one is just too on the nose. Yeah, Georgia's the Eagles. LSU because we is have the all Bengals. their players, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I, I understand it's a crazy thing, but if you're going to compare them, I, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, your UK is a an offense-led, basically off of an explosive running back so far with a very stout defense. That's kind of what San Francisco is. Yeah, but San Francisco is like one of the three best teams. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm, but, but, but I can, by styles, I don't think it's that off of comparison. I just don't think UK is as good as. Yeah, the I mean, they're of. not the. This is like this. This has them as the fourth best team in the SEC, which maybe they proved to be. But right now, I'd have a hard time. I mean, look at these other Vanderbilt's. <laughs> Missouri is the Lions. Come on. Well, kind of under the radar, maybe. I don't think this is too awful. It's awful. I just think the Georgia Eagles one just too on the nose. Um, Kansas City, and can't say Alabama, no, because Alabama's offense is bad this year. Like, Alabama's being riding on defense at this point. Um, I mean, Tampa, Florida, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Washington, Mississippi State, yeah, kinda, that kind of that kind of clicks. I don't know. Yeah. I can see it. It does seem weird because Sam Brandon is so good, but I don't know. I don't think it's that off. You just love Mark Stoops. <laughs> Stoops lover. <laughs> He's a Stoops lover. Old TK loving Stoops. Whoa, whoa, here he goes. Are you going to the... Loving that Stoops all again. Are you going to the Josh Hurd morning run tomorrow? Like you promised you would if we were 5-0? Are you going to try to make us lose? Again, why don't we... Why, don't, why can't it be a midnight run? Because that wouldn't be pregame. Well, 
<laughs> Technically, it's the same day, right? Josh heard us to get up way earlier on game days than you I do. mean, I can't we just do a midnight? I mean, listen, I, I had to go pick up a buddy from the airport last night at 1 30 in the morning. I mean, I, I, I why, why can't we do like a midnight run for tomorrow? It's like eight at night for you, though. Like you work on a different schedule than the rest of the world. I, <laughs> and I think the rest of the world should, should, should come by and meet me in my schedule. The fact of the matter is, you said that if we went 5 and 0, oh, you'd go to the Josh Hurd. Oh, no, a texter said I said that, and they never showed Many the proof. Many texters said it. No, two texters said it. Mo- no, way more than two. Oh, I always saw two. And and, and listen, I don't, I'm not denying I didn't say it. I don't remember saying it, and I can't. You have to. If they can give me the audio, I'll do it, but I never got proof. You absolutely said No one ever came. No, you don't know that. Maybe you said it. Maybe you said you'd be there. I did not say it. How do you know? You said you'd be there. A texter said you did. I mean, I I because people back up the texters. Nobody's backing up your assertion. What time is the, is the air quote run? Seven thirty. Jim Patterson. Who runs at seven thirty in the morning? Let's like by escaping a prison. I love that you would take the ACT at eight in the morning, but you won't get up to to, to walk with Peyton Siva and Josh Hurd. Yeah, I mean, at ACT, I got to sit uncomfortably minded, but sit, I did. You could stand there and eat donuts. You don't have to even do anything. Where's it at? That Jim Patterson. I'm just saying we're gonna lose if you don't. What's the parking? <laughs> it's open. There's not that many people going. You're on, you're still watching the movie. I, I watched it. I watched it just the same way that you ate salad, and we won the game because of it. I did my part. And you're not for you to do your part. You're cutting your beard a little too close too for me. Well, I did that last week, and we won anyway. I don't. I know. I'm still. I don't want to see any more of it. You should. You're, you should be as shaggy as I am right now. Texas TK mentioning the Samuel Jackson beer is reminding me of the Dave Chappelle skit where he does a commercial with Samuel Jackson and yells at everyone because that's the way I talk. <laughs> that's, that's a good. Remember the Samuel Jackson beer? Oh, it's great stuff, yeah. Was it was it Dave Chappelle or Family Guy, the one where they, they mocked, I think it's Family Guy, when they mocked the commercial, and he's like, I was Samuel Jackson. He's like, it's 8 in the morning. Yeah. He's like, he's like yeah, but I got to get the taste of uh, prostitute out of my mouth or something like that. It was hooker spit. Yeah. I was trying to be cleaning it up, actually. Well, I Thank you. Dave says, <laughs> at least if we're going to get in trouble for saying something, at least you're the one saying it, not me this time. I'm not get in trouble for that. I don't kick in. It's a Louisville station. <laughs> said work. Well, man, it's true. Texas, you can also get sliced when you're down 35 to nothing at half. That's, yeah, you can. Yeah, at that point, you're, you're fine. You're well within your rights to do it. Yeah, that's why I said if you're up 35 to nothing, you just go and, you go and let it ride. I mean, odd, the, the odds of us blowing that are, are, I mean, it could happen, but I tell you right now, if we blew a 35 to nothing lead, you would be happy that you were so drunk you barely remember it. Texas Cardinal tastes like a craft light beer. It's very good. I don't know who initiated that conversation and idea, but it has to be doing wonders for Gravely Brewing Company. I know they keep like selling out of it, so they're they're clearly doing well. Yeah, that's probably a little bit. Too- I, I was I could buy a few. I'm just to display have for display. We need one in the studio here. Gravely's great. Like it has a awesome view of downtown. Very cool outside seating area. Uh, the inside's nice too. Good food. I like Gravely a lot. I'm not familiar with it, but I'll take your word. Texas says, here's the plan: deploy the ladybirds to do their dance routines on Notre Dame sidelines. The players will be distracted. That's when we throw the bomb. It's from Chris the Plumber. Well, they're already kind of over next to the Notre Isn't Dame that kind of the? Re- isn't that the? Isn't that the storyline from the replacements? Uh, we sort of. I mean, the, the, when they, they put the dancers over there, because he's the, slapping her butt, ref. The cheerleaders are. They're behind one end zone, and the other ones are. The, like, the ladybirds are over there. Like they're on the visiting sidelines, basically. Like they're they're not behind the players, clearly, but like they're they're on their side of the field. So you can you can get distracted for sure. I do love always like the TV viewings. Uh, when they show games at the Yum Center, 
during timeouts, they'll have a huddle, and like all the players who have still have their warmups on are just watching the Ladybirds every every single game. I mean, and can you blame them? Not paying any attention to what's going on in the in the team huddle, which is yeah, it happens. It's an advantage. What do you want to say? Texas actually, we need Jack Plummer to be Jeff Brom or Brian Brom or maybe even Papa Brom. Well, if he's Jeff Brom in terms of he's not going to try to force something, he's going to tuck it and get get his four or five yards at worst, and I'll take that. That'd be nice. He's, need, and he's done that for the most, for, you know, when he does that in games, it's good. It's just when he tries to, when he knows he's in danger and he's trying to make something happen when he's going down on one knee, it's just not shovel. Good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's got to stop. He goes Gus Farad on us. Texas says, we need Jack Plummer to do way better than TK did on the ACT. Do, I mean. 14's not going to cut it. 14 don't cut it? No, we need more than a 14. Well, like an 18? We need, yeah, we, we need like a 20, 27. 27? Yeah. I mean, you're asking, you're, I feel like you're not thinking that we're going to get enough support from the, the supporting cast there a little bit. I, mean, I think this, it's going to be a test. Right. We need Plummer to be good. Texas, I like how Trevor says, why can't the run be at midnight as if that would have any effect on him showing up or not? No, I'd show up at midnight. I don't think you would. I would show up. I could show up at midnight. I got nothing else going on tonight. What else is going on? Is there any movies coming out tonight or anything? Friday Night Football. Yeah, who's, I don't even know who Wagner plays tonight. You know, I'm sure, though. Uh, I've got no idea. You didn't even look it up? No, sorry. What kind of fan are you? Well, I mean, I support the team, but they you know, they let me down last <laughs> week against the sales. Texas yeah, says, sales cheated. Rudy was offsides. You're offsides, Texer. Texas, what's up, Mike and Trev? It's Ross. Hey, Ross. Shout to Chris and Olivia Hammond. Wedding party. I'm the best man. Heading to the rehearsal dinner right now. Yes, we'll be missing the game tomorrow. Ooh. But I'll be at the wedding. Well, there's a divorce. Cards by happen. fifty. Go cards. Go Kroger. Oh, Ross wants to say things. You know he's not. He's he's being the he's the best because he's not just in the wedding. He's the best man. Ross, but dude, he wants to say things. I don't know if there's very few diehard Cardinal fans as diehard as you are, buddy. Oh, that's a tough one. And you're sitting there, and you, I, if I'm the best man, the first advice I give to the groom: postpone the wedding. Throw a chair, Ross. Get, I mean, get yourself kicked. Yeah, out. you need to you need to go in there and like break up break up uh, a sewage pipe or something in the, in the facilities. And make sure they push it back like a day or so. Who gets mad? Ross is the only guy that was hoping this was going to be a noon game. <laughs> Just praying for a noon game. Who has a night wedding anyway? Wouldn't the wedding be in the daytime? Uh, well, no. I mean, can't you get it done before like the reception and then you know slide out and then go watch the game? I'm sorry, but your you, lack you, of wedding knowledge really biting you here. You get you get married you get married during during football season. You just I mean your chances of divorce go like to seventy percent to me. This is a tough one. I mean, and Ross is like. Die hard of all diehards. You know it's eating him. You know it's 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 eating him up. He wants to say what he really wants to say, but he can't do it. But I'd say it. Congrats to Chris and Olivia. You're gonna Good live luck. a wonderful life together, but you've caused a lot of heartache to your friends and family. I just like to point out that it was my cousin Olivia who I had to sit during the wedding of at Florida State in 2018. <sighs> that didn't work out too well, did it, buddy? It didn't. No, no, it didn't. Chris, you need to step up, man. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're I'm glad you found the love of your life. But dude, priorities, man. Priorities. <laughs> Alright, we got the five o'clock hour coming up next. We'll uh we'll share some more thoughts on Louisville Notre Dame. We'll hear more from you guys on the Thornton Stacks line and then do our big X big bets of the weekend and also our pick'em segment. It's all coming your way here. Final hour of the week. Get hyped, get focused, keep it right here on 1450 and 961, the big X.
stands up and stands in our way. Oh! One step ahead, one step behind us. I like this. You're a, Van, you're a Van Hagar fan, aren't you? I'm a Van Hagar fan. Oh, this does remind me of Crystal Clear Pepsi. Oh, I hate that stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is so weird. This is <laughs> Trevor, the uh, entrepreneur. Like, I, my mom worked at like Bigs when that. I guess when that came out, when that stuff was out, like in early '90s, when the song came out, and like I, I did. I don't know how. As long as I got access to it for like cheap, like she would get me a discount. So I would. I hated it. So I would take it to Westport Middle School. And was selling them for like a buck fifty a bottle and getting them for like fifty cents a bottle, <laughs> and like flipping Crystal Pepsi out of my locker. I had like I had like cases of them in my locker, and people loved them. And I was like, I don't know why you people like this stuff. I think it's utterly disgusting. Flipping Crystal Clear Pepsi. But I'm like 90s. flipping Crystal Clear Pepsi in the early. Night. I'm like, <laughs> good lord. Speaking of uh, flashbacks, I love doing this. Maybe one of the favorite parts of my day is going to my Facebook memories. Like being reminded of the stupid things I've done and said. And this one, this one, I hope doesn't throw up your vibes here. But 13 years ago today, Trevor Status looks like Halliday took out years of frustration from missing the no. playoffs in Toronto by no hitting the Reds in his first playoff start. God. October 6, 2010. I remember vividly. I was, uh, I was in law school at the time. I remember I left law school, grabbed some conies, went over to, uh, to Mary's house at the time. And watched us get no hit. The very next night, I had my first law school exam. You you have like a it's like a research exam that you have midway through the first semester. And I knew it didn't go, did not go well. I, I knew I knew that I had done poorly. <laughs> and I remember I left and I went over to uh, me and Danny and a bunch of friends went over to one of our friends' house to like get drunk and go out and watch the game. And I was like, I need you to pick me up, Reds. And that was the Jay Bruce whiffing on a line drive in the outfield uh, game that just tanked us and we got destroyed by the Phillies. That was. That was rough. It was a rough night. It was a rough weekend. It was a rough playoff, but such is life as a Reds fan. But we're going to flip the rough this weekend. Rough? The vibes are going to be flipped. The vibes are going to be much, much better this October 7th. Cards taking on Notre Dame, number 25 versus number 10. Spread 6.5 in favor of the Irish. ABC's got the coverage. And let's just, we've talked about this game from every angle. Let's have, I think the one thing that we haven't talked about this week is the one question that I've seen everywhere. Let's discuss it. If Louisville wins tomorrow, We've talked about what this means for the season, what this means for faith in the Brom era, all that good stuff. Where does this win stack up? All-time UofL football in your estimation. Now, we don't know how the rest of the season is going to play off. Maybe Notre Dame just sucks and they go end up going 5-7 and seven or yeah. you know, we fall in our place after, the, after this. But at the moment, it happens. Saturday night, if we're celebrating a win, where do you slot this in your all-time favorite and most important UofL victories? I think there's two different categories. I, I think you're right. Yeah, let's just say they, 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 most they, important is what we'll say. Because I think you biggest know, wins. For example, you know your Fiesta Bowl or even your 2002 Florida State is going to mean more to someone like you and I than it is sure, to someone like sure, Patrick. Sure. Very fair. Um, I'll say just I'll take away favorite for right now and say just in my perspective, we'll say like most impactful, impactful for global sports. Um, I'd put it. I mean, I'd probably it's going to be in the top ten. I think it's top ten. That's where I start. I'm going to easily say that. Um, it's not number one. I'm going to put it at. I mean, you kind of caught me, but I'm trying to do this in my head a little bit. Sorry, I don't forget anything. You're right. I'm going to say just. I'll, and, and I have judgment. I have reason to change this. If you can change my mind, and I'll accept it. I'm going to put it at five right now, right in the middle. Okay. Um, just off topics, it's not above the Fiesta Bowl, ninety one. I don't want to put it above the blackout game or Florida State in 16. 
If that's the right year, you know I get it yeah, mixed up. Yeah, you got it. Um, I don't put it ahead of 0-2 Florida State. Actually, I'll move it to six because I don't think I'd put it ahead of the Sugar Bowl either at this point. But, I mean, right now, the top of my head, those are the only games that I think of that I would definitely put ahead of it. I think just doing it in my head, I kind of, I'm kind i in the same range. And right? that's impact, not just even, like, right. favorite. But even though those probably would be one and the same in this case. I've probably got it somewhere in that 7 to 10 range. And, again, that's it's subject to change because if we – if we were to lose out and go six and six, and they were to be terrible as well, it changes the, the, yeah, the victory yeah, it a little drops bit. Drops it completely out but of there. Yeah. Like the games that you mentioned, I think, are all the ones that I would have above it. I, I would definitely have the Sugar Bowl win over Florida. I would definitely have Fiesta Bowl. I would definitely have both Florida State games that you mentioned. Why well, didn't you mention the Orange Bowl though? I don't because I don't. Know. I was going to have uh, Orange Bowl. I was going to say yeah, 2016 and 02 Florida State. I would definitely have uh, the West Virginia blackout game. Would definitely have. I think the Orange Bowl. I would have in front of it. And yeah. then after that, so that's six. So, so that's seven to ten range. I think that's where I would slot this one in with you're, you're talking about other games. I could be in that range of like the 06 Miami win, which is a perfect example of a, a game that seemed more important at the time than it wound up being because Miami did not have a good year. Um, yeah, that's that, I think I, that's and, 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 and regardless whether they have a good year or not in the end, it's still the first win over. And I, don't, I guess maybe I don't think we beat Miami before then. I don't think so, but. Um, I know we haven't beaten Notre Dame, and or I guess we have, haven't we? Yeah, we, we beat Notre Dame. Yeah. So yeah, and that does kind of take away from a little bit the fact that we do have the win over. And I keep forgetting about the fourteen win sometimes. It's been so long. I think the win. What would set this apart? Because you know people would say we Wake Forest last year at home. They were number ten. I yeah. think what sets this apart from some of the other games that would fall in the same ballpark. The fact that we did beat them one thirty-two does <laughs> hurt it. I'm sorry. I mean, it, is I think the enthusiasm surrounding Jeff Brom being back here, the guy that we wanted as the head coach five years ago, the guy that we were desperate to have before he took the job, if he were able to to win this game, get us a six and zero, it's it's huge for the season, obviously, for all the reasons we talked about in, in the last hour. You, you know, all of a sudden people are talking about, are they this year's TCU? Right, can they can they really win the ACC? How for real is Louisville? Are they a playoff contender? All that stuff would be great, but I think it's even more indicative or, or reflective of the fact that. The fan base would be so excited about Louisville football potentially becoming what we've all hoped it would eventually blossom into. What we thought, you know, because we, we've been a flash in the pan program. We've been, you know, we burst onto the scene with Howard in the early 90s and kind of faded away. We burst back onto the scene with Petrino 1.0, kind of faded away with Cragthorpe, burst back with, with Charlie Strong, faded away, had Lamar Jackson, lost him. And now this is our chance to, to bounce back. And people want success, but they also want sustained success. And I think that Jeff Brom, having a coach that you feel like, man, it would take the offer of all offers to get this guy to leave Louisville, this place that he loves, this place that he grew up, this place that he had a home in even when he wasn't living here. If he can get it going here, we can keep him around for a long time and we can become that program that we've dreamed about becoming. And this would be the first real tangible piece of evidence that this is going to happen or that we think this is going to happen. And so I think that's where the the added enthusiasm, it's not just about beating Notre Dame. It's not just about being the number 10 team in the country. It's not just about getting to 6-0. and It's about where we could go moving forward, if that makes any sense. Also, it's important we keep Jeff here because I think he showed over the last 30, or 30 years or, or so, our track record of hiring back-to-back good coaches has not been well. That's true. It's something we do not do very good. Very true. Um, I mean, it's the one thing about this crazy thing is, is that we're talking about where this game would rank is in, in school history with a victory, and we're talking about it being top ten, bottom bottom that is, but still top ten. 
I mean, when it's all said and done, I mean, Notre Dame could still be a, you know, finish the season strong. It might not even be still the most impactful game of the season with road games at Miami and still even Kentucky coming up. Sure. Or if you play at a conference championship game, that yeah. definitely supersedes the. I mean, if we're talking about this being like seven, eight, nine or something in that area. It, it might, you know, being closer to 10 and not even the number one game of the season. That's a, it's a great point. Like, it, it does set the stage for bigger and better things as the season goes on. I mean, let's say, you know, you, you don't even know. Like, Kentucky could be a top. 15 team when we play them. I mean, they're playing well. I mean, we're at Miami. It's the first Schnellenberger Trophy game on top of it. If you beat Miami for a spot in the conference championship game, like that's probably a bigger deal than beating Notre Dame when they're top 10. Uh, I mean, hell, if if this is the first time ever where UK and UofL are ranked and ranked potentially highly at the same time when you play each other, that would be a, a huge win if you're able to have it. That would. I mean, I, it is crazy when we go back and we rank our like top 10, top 15, whatever all-time Louisville games, how few Kentucky games find themselves find their way on that list. Because it, Kentucky, and this is not a dig, it's just facts. Like uh, Up until recently, when we've been good, they have not been that good. And, and uh, like our, our only real upset victory over them came when Teddy you know, came in for Will Stein, and that was a, a Louisville that team game. that had already lost to Florida International. So it wasn't, you know, that wasn't a great UK team. It wasn't a great UofL team. Game. But it's just, you know, so many of our games are about beating national powers that are above us in the hierarchy of college football and then setting up bigger things for later in the season. This would definitely fall under that umbrella. So Would, it's, it's would Kentucky have us in one of their top 10 games? I think a lot of them would say the Stevie Got Loose game. I would think so. Because we were, yeah. remember, we had just kind of, we, we'd been we were, what, for 17th though or something, I think. Oh, maybe? no, we were, we were up there. We, we, we dropped. Were nine, at, they were nine or yeah, something. Yeah, we were a top 10 team. We dropped after losing to, after beating yeah. Middle Tennessee and, and giving up like 44 points or whatever. But it was still, like, it was it was the fact that we were that highly ranked. We'd been yeah, so good we the last few years, 10. and we had been kicking their ass for the last four seasons. So the, the going the Ragone senior year was we were like 17th or 18th when we played them that year, I think. We were 17. Yeah. That's Ice preseason ranking in school thinking, history. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, and then also, like, you know, they, they beat Lamar on a last second field goal at our place when we were a 23 point favorite or whatever it was. Like, that. I still wonder if that was a fumble. They've got three games that I think that they all, like, like you know, they may not be number one on their list because they've, they've had some big, they beat number one LSU. They, you know, finally beating Florida, finally beating Tennessee, all that stuff. But they've got three games that I think a lot of them have pretty high on their list. And we just – we haven't had those moments against UK. But maybe this year it could be that type of thing because we've – we're in a similar spot where they've been having their way with us for a long time. We're ready to flip the narrative. We're ready to flip the script and get this rivalry back on the right side of things. And it's a looks like, as of right now, it's a, it's a pretty good UK team. So, now, if you ask me to do my top ten like favorite games, I think the Lightning Bowl might be in that bottom half of the top ten for me. See, yeah, people. Some people would have that one. That was some one of my favorite, or even the our first win against them, and that was at ninety five second game we beat. Them, yeah, right? yeah, because that was you know kind of it was more about what it represented than it was the actual game and all that all that stuff. I can see that, but for the most part, you have to go down a little bit. But that's also I said bottom half of the top ten probably. I don't think it's in my. I mean, yeah, I don't think I have a UK game. A UK game would be my top. Florida 10. State 2 is probably my favorite. I mean. In the, one of the first games I went to, I talked about the, you mentioned Arizona State or the other day. We talked about them, the, those first two them in Texas. Those first two games I went to were fun, but that's on a personal note. Yeah, they, I think there are games that mean more. Like that Teddy Bridgewater game, I did love. Like it was great, and um, like that would be probably my favorite win over UK. The Kyle Bowling game was great too, but you know, again, we were favored mm. at home, and it was just more about the woe is me feeling when when Reggie went down than it was about what actually you know winning the game, what it meant. Reggie, by the way, is in town. He's going to be tailgating tomorrow. You, you probably see him out there if you're walking around close to the stadium. He's going to be pushing the big button. I mean, does, does that win in 14 versus Notre Dame? I mean, first time ever beating Notre Dame, going to Notre Dame and doing it. Is that not somewhere in your 
It'd be my top twenty. Your top twenty, okay. And that's a because our name wasn't ranked. I don't believe, right? They were, but they were the very back end. They were like number twenty five. And they, they, that was one of their like their lo- the lesser years when they finished the season. I can't remember what they. Yeah, they ended up going like because they they had just lost two in a row before they played us, and then they they still ended up going to a bowl game above us. But like that was a personal thing where it was more about. I was there. I'm seeing Notre Dame Stadium for the first time. It's the first time Louisville's yeah, played that, them. That was eight and five Notre Dame. Yeah, because yeah, they won there. They beat LSU in their bowl game. Because um, we were we were supposed to play LSU, and then LSU was like, "We don't want them. We want Notre Dame." And so we got wrecked by Georgia in the Belk Bowl. But the, oh the, yeah, that was chub. The Notre Dame game was was very. Like, that's probably one of those that would be higher on my personal rankings, personal enjoyment than it would be on like if I'm ranking the most impactful U of L wins of all time. Because it was cool, but like in the grand scheme of things. They weren't that great. It was yeah. It was, it was the third of four straight losses for them. Four out of five lo- uh five out of six games they lost. Yeah, they, yeah. they tanked down the stretch that year. Yeah, they started out uh, yep six and zero, and then lost uh, at Florida State, beat Navy, and then so on and so forth. If you are going out to the stadium tomorrow, and again the the, the tailgate lots are going to open a little bit earlier than usual. I think one o'clock is when they're going to open. Card march announcement: five o'clock is when card march is going to go down. Make it over there to the Denny Crum overpass tunnel. Make sure that the car march is loud. Make sure that we're you know, eight deep at every spot. Make sure the team feels the love. Set the tone by showing up for car march. Five o'clock, make sure to be there if you're in the general area. If not, you know you can only do what you can do. But everybody who's tailgating like the the purple lots, the the main lots, the red lots, the white lots, the whatever lots, make it over to car march. No excuse. Go see the team. Go cheer them on. Uh, we'll take a few texts here before we, because the last segment we're going to get into our picks and our bets of the weekend. Yeah, so got to we'll, get people with the fade. We'll run through some texts here at 502-414-1450. If you got thoughts, let us know. Texas, I just remembered, I did have a dream that there where there were visitor a visitor section and it was empty and basically no Notre Dame fans left. There were some UofL fans still at the game. I hope that means good things. I like that. It does mean good things. Manifest it. Manifest. Manifest. Sam Hartman, six turnovers, <laughs> one quarter. It happened. It could happen again. Texas says, here's an idea, Trevor. Oh, I got. I like ideas. Instead of thinking how you'd go to a midnight run, why don't you find out where Notre Dame is staying and go harass them with your drone? Texer, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. Like, are, where, where would Notre Dame be staying? Are they, I mean, they, Gold House. Probably. Isn't that where most play teams stay? Mm-hmm. I've never stayed at the Gold House. Hmm. It might be time to change that uh, with a drone. I mean, I've never pulled a fire alarm either. <laughs> the only problem with that is the game is so late tomorrow. It's not like they have to get up that early. That's true. Yeah, it doesn't. It kind of takes away the. Um, I was going to go up and down their their aisle, uh, up and down the hallway of the team, like uh, like the Warriors with bottles and like, Notre Dame, come out and play. The 2014 game, we did stay at the same hotel that the Notre Dame players stay at the night before games. So, like, we we woke up and we saw all of them in the lobby, like walking around, like seeing their parents and stuff. So that maybe that was good vibe. Maybe the. The angry eye that I gave whoever, I don't even know who's on that team. The angry eye that I gave that guy just intimidated him. Set the tone for the entire night. I think I told you when I went to Birmingham to see us play uh, Oklahoma and uh, Boise State, we stayed in the same hotel with Tennessee. Because they were playing American down there, too. They weren't in our bracket, but, I mean, they were down there playing as well. They were in our hotel, so was uh, Big big uh, Big Worm. I got to meet Big Worm. I wish I just had that camera phone still. There you go. I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I know this question comes as shock, but I'm just remembering Rob, Rob Jones walking out of the hotel and seeing him. I just drunk and many other things. Trevor's like, big worm! <laughs> it's out of the middle of the Pork actor's like, how tired is yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like, <laughs> the first person we saw uh, 
He probably hated it. He hated us more than the girl at Cracker Bro that drew me a map to Charles Barkley's home. <laughs> Rob bet me I couldn't. He's like, he's like, I bet because we were near Leeds, Alabama. And for some reason, I just know that Barkley's from Leeds, Alabama. So he was like, I bet you can't get a like uh, somebody give you directions. I get there, I was like, let's do it. He's like, I bet you lunch. Which, by the way, Rob, if you're listening, you stole me that lunch. And like, I just went in this like spill. Like, I, I did my inner like Jim Carrey. I was like, I just. It's my Graceland, ma'am. I was like, I just want to see it. She drew me, like, hand drawn me a map, like the Leeds Alabama. Just out. She's like, I wouldn't go there though. It's pretty in a bad area of town. I'm like, okay. When we went to New Orleans in 2012 for the Final Four, the first, like, the very first bar we saw when we, we got onto to Bourbon Street, we saw Rob Riggle, who's like a diehard Kansas. Fan. Yeah, he is. He, 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 Kansas City. Yeah. All my friends were like, in the face, and he looked at us <laughs> like, I've heard that 75,000 times already today. And we took a picture with him. We were trying to get him to throw an L, and he like wouldn't do it because he's a diehard, uh, he's, he's a diehard Kansas fan. He's like, yeah. he's like, I can't do it. He's like, I'm that big of a fan. I'm like, I, I respect. That. I think, did he go to high school with Paul Rudd? Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like they maybe they went to the same high school at different times. I, I guess well, I think I read somewhere one time, or it was actually a former coworker of yours. I think was bragging to me about it. Hmm. Um, bragging about the, knowing that. Fact. Well, who, what bra- what who, what coworker you think would have been bragging about Kansas City packs to me at one point? Oh, Jason Anderson. Yes, of course. It was, and it was. At, I remember being in Atlanta for the final four, and because I was sitting next to him during the Wichita game, and him talking about it and and bringing up you know Riggle, and uh, I swear he said something about that, but I could be wrong. Texas says, "Oh, this is Crystal Palmer." He says, "Please, Ross, don't break any sewage pipes. I'd like to watch the game too." <laughs> Chris, as much as we'd love to give you the, the the business, I mean, you could take the day off, send it over to somebody else, right? He could. Texas says, I know it's preposterous that Trevor is asked to be a radio co-host, but part of me doesn't hate him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. Hold on. Say, say what now? That person's last text was on one of our very first shows, August 16th, two years ago, and <laughs> just said, poop. say poop. Poop. <laughs> wait, I know Trevor, it's preposterous that... Wait, it's, it's, be a radio, so wait, it's preposterous that I'm, I, I'm not a co-host, I'm a producer, first of all. We but, use you as a co-host. But you don't hate me? I, I don't know. Is that a compliment? It got there. I don't okay, know. I'm just curious. I, I'm taking it as one, but I'm not really 100% if it is. Do you know Rob Riggle was born in Louisville, Kentucky? I did not. I just I did not know that. I just went to his Wikipedia page. Riggle was born in Louisville, Kentucky, the son of Sandra and Robert Riggle, who worked in insurance. They moved to Kansas when he was two. Wow. I had no idea that. Full circle here. And his birthday. And he was born exactly one year and five days before me. Texas says, whoa, 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 whoa. I got married in the Wake Forest game last year, and we played the fight song after I heard we won. Also, a certain same quarterback had six turnovers in the third quarter. I think this is actually good mojo for us. No, it's not, because no one should get married during a game like that, dude. You got lucky. Don't brag. I've been mostly lucky with friends' weddings. Didn't you get married? You got married in the summer, right? We got married in the summer in Mary's hometown, specifically so we could avoid doing it during football or basketball (laughs) season. Exactly. Just don't. Listen. Here's the thing, guys. The day is all about her. I get that. And you're going to let her have everything she wants. And pretty much from that day on further in your life, she's going to get everything she wants. Just tell her all that you want in return, other than at least three times and three nights a week, is that it be in the summertime. That's it. Unless you unless you live in St. Louis, there's no other reason not to have it in the summertime. That's what we did. Speaking of, of Mary's hometown, I saw this yesterday. I'm shocked. So she's from Springfield. We were just down there last weekend. Washington County High School. Washington County High School apparently is home to the like a five-star basketball player, Gabe Weiss, who is potentially, likely, according to Jack Pilgrim of KSR, 
the number one player in Kentucky for 2026, was visited by John Calipari for really? an official visit. Like Springfield is tiny. It, it is. He goes to high school. He goes. To, he goes to the high school she went to. I guess yeah, there's, there's only one. There's school. only one. Washington yeah. County High School. So he's there, and like they are. I mean, I'm not offending him. They're not typically great at athletics. They've had, you know, they, they have decent teams every now and then, but not. My point is, it's not somewhere where you would expect to have a player that's being recruited by John Calipari. Uh, but he's a, apparently he's going to be a five star kid. Uh, he talked in the story that I, I read about. Like, I mean, it's it's weird for me to be getting all this attention. I'm, I'm from a town of two thousand people. So that's the real reason why we were in Springfield last week. And if, if Kenny Payne's not going to out-recruit John Calipari for a kid like this, the Rutherford slash Bystrick connection is going to have to get it done. You know, we are Springfield's finest. We're doing what we can. If there's a commander five-star prospect, he needs to come play for Louisville. Yeah, I mean, I, listen. He's my must-have recruit for 2026. I have a family that lives in a small town of uh, baseball, Indiana, where I'll actually be hanging out tomorrow afternoon before the game a little bit. But we're here there. And they, I remember her bragging about her. One of her favorite students was a good baseball player named Brian Hoying, and Ooh. we she my I love you and Ju, uh, and Judy. She said she got him to Louisville. So you got it done. You get you gotta get it done now. We, it's on us. We gotta make this happen. I'm not gonna be out recruited by John Calipari for a Washington State command, Washington County command. Damn, Skippy, you're not. Texture says uh, injury report for tomorrow's game. Me busted eardrum from listening to the Big X go to commercial break. <laughs> Texture says Trev, I haven't heard the last two songs when you guys have come back. I'm going to need that end-of-show song at full volume, buddy. I, I Listen, I'm jacking it, dude. I mean, I'm just a bad <laughs> Save that clip, please. I did not. <laughs> that was purely natural. I mean, <laughs> I am. <laughs> the volume is the max every time. I don't. Uh, for some reason, I mean, I've checked the computer monitor audio. I've checked the YouTube audio guide. I've checked the the board on here. It just, for some reason, it does not come in very very loud. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I'm jacking it, buddy. Texas <laughs> Mike, can you let us know what Danny's dad is wearing tomorrow? It'll go a long way in letting us know where the vibes are. I need to know. I, I've got no idea. Danny, so Mary's actually taking the kids right now over to our friend's house where Danny and his family are staying tonight. So she's going to see them. Maybe I can get some intel from her uh, about what's going on with Bob Snard. But I am very curious cool, to man. see what Bob is wearing. I do know that he was putting kind of a little full court press on Dan because Dan has a tailgate. He's tailgating with his family for a little bit when he's coming over to our tailgate. And his dad, his dad, his dad was like, well, what do you want to eat while you're over here? And he's like, eh, I might only be there for an hour. And he's like, you're not going to eat for a whole hour? Like they're already kind of going at it. I'm like, oh, this is the Notre Dame Bob talking. We need Louisville Bob. <laughs> yeah. We love Louisville Bob. Who doesn't love Louisville Bob? Texas is Rob Riggles from Louisville. We found that out. We, yeah. We got there on our I'm amazed. I wish I, that, that's something I think I should have known, right? Yeah. Texas he, says everyone wants to point to Hartman's stats against Louisville, but remember Notre Dame is phase two plumber twice and beat him both times. Oh, really? We hadn't heard that, Texter. <laughs> Texter says Dead Beatty was born in Louisville, KY too. The vibes are so right. We found that out too. Yeah, we knew that. Texas, our wedding weekend, our wedding was the weekend after March Madness for the same reason. See, you plan ahead. We we were so naive when it came to booking a wedding spot in Louisville because we got engaged in December of 2013. Got engaged in the year of the Cardinal. Had to get that in right before the, the new year. And we started looking at venues and, and Mary's like, you know, we want to do the summer. And they're like, oh, and they just assumed we were talking about two years into the future. Mary's like, no, this summer. And they were like, like laughed in our face. So we were like, well, we're not getting married in the fall. So we, we found a venue in, in her hometown and we basically got married in her hometown just so we could avoid potentially having a conflict with a football or basketball. 
Which is always, which is why you're still married happily. Got to do what you got to do. By the way, I don't know why. I just, looked, I just kind of briefly looked this up because it was, it, it annoys me. But uh, they both graduated high school the same year. That being uh, Riggles and Rudd, but Riggles went to Shawnee Mission South High School, where Rudd went to Shawnee Mission West High School. That's why they hate each other. I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I knew I knew there was like they both came from like the same area at the same time. I thought that was. Being told that I, I can, I trust him. Jason has a trusting face, right? He does. Yeah, I mean, I figure you can trust. I mean, I wouldn't trust. You can't. I wouldn't trust him. Like you know, suggestions on what like we just smoke, but I would trust him on like something like this. I wouldn't. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Texas one and three times a week. Clearly, has spent too much. Clearly, TK has spent too much time with his right hand and is not married. Oh, he's saying three times. I'm, I'm quite. I'm, I'm being too greedy on my request. Yeah, three times is not too too greedy, right? Before kid. Well, yo, yeah, I mean, of course, before kids. Once with every kid, you drop a day off, right? So if you've got two kids, you're down to one time, one time a week. I hope I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. There's a strong chance that my wife is listening right now. All I can say is we have a very happy marriage. And why? Because you got married in the summer. We're very happy. No complaints whatsoever. If you'd married in the fall and you lost a game during it, you would still have you'd still have regrets towards her. If we'd won it, I'd still be pissed off about it. <laughs> Dugan says if you do get married in the fall, just do it on a Friday night. I had a couple of those weddings, and then one of those uh, you still got to be careful with Louisville. That's what I said. Yeah. So one of my friends got married on a Friday, and it was the Louisville Cincinnati game where Bilal Powell had like the eighty yard touchdown run in Charlie's first year, and we ended up losing. I spent like most of the night watching the game at the the country club bar. And then Mary got mad at me, and then I was mad that they lost, and then the night didn't go well for either one of us. So now I, that was I, a, it was a it was a terrible break. I, I'm not a wedding expert, and far from it, but I'm assuming getting married on any day that Monday through Wednesday Thursday is pretty just like not cool. No, you like how lame is it to get married on a Tuesday? You're asking a lot of people that are coming to your wedding. <laughs> Mary just texted and said, "Very happy marriage." She <laughs> And staying happily married, which is why you don't answer Trevor's questions. You're damn right. We got to go to break. When we come back, we'll do our big X, big bets of the weekend. Then we'll do our pick em segment. Then we'll get you fired up and ready to go for Louisville Notre Dame with our picks there. It's all coming your way. Last segment of the week. Let's make it count here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. Go, baby. Friday. Game day eve. Oh, we didn't bust anybody's eardrums out right there. You never know what it's going to sound like. I've got no idea, but we can't turn down Archie. Oh, no, but I want to remind somebody else. Notre Dame. Hey, Notre Dame. We're ready. This one's for you. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one. I mean, no one. I mean, no one. No one into our house and pushes us around. 
damn right. We don't have any seniors, so we don't worry about that. No, the issue is that's Dan Devine, and he's he's kind of a chotch in the movie. I just want, I just find it, I just, I mean, I would love to just rub it in their face and play that like over the big screen, like right. It's like we're coming out. This is my only guarantee. I'm not. That sitting, would be hilarious. I'm not sitting with him, so, so I can't back it up. If we beat Notre Dame. Danny will scream, who's the wild man now, 75 <laughs> times like, the entire game. He did it at the end of the podcast. He's, he's gonna, he'll do it. He'll get drunk, and he'll say it 75. Who's the wild man now? I love it. I love podcast, Trevor. I'll do the, I'll, I'll do the aggressive uh, the, the clap. Are you going to do that, Benny, yeah. on the real Rudy where he grabs him and like, shakes him? I'm not going to do that. Okay. Well, that's I'll, like the real Rudy. That's like I'll do the fortune does that too, the yeah. fortune guy, that his clap, where he does like, the slow, and then like the last one that like, kind of like misses the hands. Like I did that with like my gloves a billion. Every cold game, I do it like, a billion times. <laughs> the, 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 the Dutton clap? Yes, exactly. Okay. R.I.P. Yeah. He passed. This, is this, this year. Just a few like months ago, I think. Very underrated show, Rock, on Fox. He was star of. Never heard of it. It was very underrated. It was uh, props to them because they used to do it with uh, with like live in front of an audience with no like rehearsals. Yeah, it was very impressive for those days. Uh, only Saturday Night Live. Um, I was like that or the slow the, the lineman slow cap claps a good one. It's good. I mean, I mean, throw me off the team. I got to be on it, right? Yeah, you're on it. Now put on some shoes. Texas <laughs> says Trevor's to watch list: Barbie, Oppenheimer, No Hard Feelings, the new Jennifer Lawrence rom com. Yeah, actually, that's that's about right. Like now, where are we at, like economically for Barbie and Oppenheimer right now? I think you still got to wait a little bit for it to be cheaper to buy. Oppenheimer, I might, I, I might, I might, I would maybe suck it up. But also, I really want to see the new, uh, uh, what's the new Leonardo DiCaprio movie that's out? That's oh, the, I don't know the name of it, the, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, something about a wooded rose yeah. or something. That looks intriguing too. I, I'm, I'm that one looks. It's got my interest. Texas, will we have an emergency podcast if we win tomorrow? I've gotten this question a bunch. We addressed it a little bit on Wednesday when Danny was in here. I mean, we're gonna we'll do something. We'll, we'll it's a big game, but it's we're both gonna be there. It's gonna be a long day. I mean, maybe we'll do it. What if we did like an emergency like ten minute podcast on the field if we storm the field? That'd be classic. That'd be good. If y'all do a podcast from home, I want to be involved. We'll call you. We'll get you involved. I don't call know if we have the technology. We barely <laughs> neither one. We can barely do a podcast with just the two of us on like FaceTime or whatever we do to use it. Uh, I, I don't know if we could somehow work you in there, but we'll try to figure it out. We'll call you. <laughs> I'd be the most sober one. You probably would be. <laughs> but we yeah, podcast from the parking lot or podcast. We'll, we'll, there will be something if what, we win this game. What are your thoughts on the No Hard Feelings movie, General Lopez? You've seen the trailer, right? Um, if the trailer doesn't move me. I'm not I don't know lie. that much about it, honestly. I'll be perfect. I've heard mixed things. I don't. I have I, I have no opinion. I almost just want to give it a chance because it's, it's a comedy, and I'm just desperate for a good comedy because I haven't seen one in so long. I have a new one at least. Like I just recently rewatched like the Mike and Dave wedding dates movie, and I realized that's just from like seven years ago. And like, it's just really one of the better comedies in the last ten years, which is sad because it's not even that great. It's not a bad. Movie. I mean, it's got a couple decent one lines right, here. We gotta get there, to but... our, our 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 segments here. Oh, well, my my pick sucks. So well, that's not not the confidence that we want. For the, <laughs> the big X, big bets of the weekend. It's the only sponsored ga- by no one. I was say it's the only gambling <laughs> segment on local sports radio that is sponsored by nobody. If you'd like to sponsor it for about fifty thousand dollars, we are open to bidders. We can, we'll make that happen. I'll take fifty dollars right now. We did this last week, and uh, I went two and one. I, sh- I should give myself credit for three and one because I gave you a parlay in the Clemson game, but I'm not. I'm just gonna say two and one. Backs up on the back there, buddy, a little bit. Okay. I, I gave I gave you four bets basically, and three of them hit. But we'll say two and one. Right. Trevor went zero and three. It's a bounce back. Technically week. one and two if you count nothing. Well, yeah, you didn't. You, <laughs> there was nothing about your picks that came close to hitting. No, I think the no. 
No, none of them did. It was a bad week. I, yeah. yeah it, it, it was bad. Which is why I, I've sworn off Saturday betting when we're going NFL on my picks. Okay, I like that. All right. We, these are weekend picks. They don't have to be college football specific. Yeah, exactly. Mine, mine are college football specific, but if you want to go NFL, that's fine. Do you want me to go first since you went first last week? So we're doing this before we do our 10 pick-ems then? Yeah, well, then we'll do our pick-ems after. All right. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'm on three, so I should go first, right? All right. Have at it. Uh, let's start on Sunday. Let's go to Sunday and go to the 4 o'clock game. Yes, this team has lost three in a row, and the other team has got their first win last week, but I don't care. I like the Jets getting plus two and a half at Denver on Sunday. All right. I like that. Jets straight up on the win. I may actually bet that on Sunday myself. I like that. I, I did not like two of your three picks last week. I did like the Washington-Arizona one, but this one I, I'm, I'm all about. I like it. Uh, I'm going college tomorrow. Uh, this is actually in our pick game, so I'm kind of giving away my pick here. But UCLA is hosting number 13 Washington State at 3 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Wazoo does have uh, Cam Ward, explosive offense, but UCLA leads the nation in opponent yards per play. The defense has been really, really good so far this season. I'm trusting the UCLA defense. I think this is people are like jumping on this line. Like, how could UCLA be favored over the uh, number 13 team in the country? I think UCLA wins. I think UCLA covers the three. Take the Bruins minus three over Wazoo. Does it make you feel okay that you're trusting a Chip Kelly defense? Yes, they've been good so far. They have been. Chip Kelly's done a good job in UCLA, actually. Pick two, your your second bet, TK. Uh, well, let's get the vibes right going from Saturday to Sunday because the former Louisville quarterback and current Falcons OC, uh, Falcons opposite quarter Dave Rago needs a little turnaround. Falcons have lost two in a row. Houston is hot. I get it. I'm not saying it's gonna they can sustain it. I'm causing upset. I like Atlanta at Atlanta winning this one and get dropping the one and a half and beating Houston on Sunday. So they're favored by one and a half. Atlanta is yes, it's at Atlanta. That's why. So they're covering the they're, they're covering the one. They're half. covering the one half. All right, just for clarity's sake. I know Houston looked good last week, but they'll come back down to earth this week. Take me. I'm going for my second big. My my main pick last week was Texas A&M covering against Arkansas. I almost went for with the money line bet against Alabama this week, and I'm holding off on that. I do think they've got a really good shot. Bobby Petrino wants to beat Bama. He's going to call great plays. I'm going with the over in this game. I think that that Bama, the offense, is due for a better game than they've been showing recently. I think a and is going to be able to score on them as well, though. Dalen Milrow has been better through the air the last two games. He's been pretty good. Uh, I know that it was against kind of bad defenses, but I think that Texas A&M can do a little bit of what Texas did a few weeks ago, control the line of scrimmage against the Tide, and put up some points. I think that line is too low. Bama, A&M, over 46 points. That's my second bet. I never do over-unders. I'm just horrible at them. Uh, there are two double-digit favorites this week in the NFL. One is your Detroit Lions giving 10 to Carolina, and if this was a pick four, that might be on my list. Mm. But the other one I have more confidence in, and that is Miami hosting the Giants. I normally don't do double-digit spreads, but when it comes to Miami's offense bouncing back after a bad week against Buffalo and the Giants' offense looking like, well, like what I left in the bathroom after a night at White Castle, then I'm going to go <laughs> with Miami minus 12 at home against the Giants. Sorry, Sweeney. Just be happy you got a, a, a beautiful young baby boy there. Uh, my last pick, and this is going to sound like haterade. It's going to sound like me just being a, a straight rivalry thing. I'm taking Georgia to cover the 14 and a half against Kentucky. I, I think that people are loving that that UK on this line. People, I mean, it's become too much of a trendy bet. Yeah. I think. I, I think that Georgia has not flexed on anybody just yet this season. I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, are they really a realistic threat to three peat? Are they really the number one team in the country? They haven't played a ranked team. Auburn played them way closer than expectations. They've played, had a couple of games where they've looked very vulnerable. I think this is the first time all season where they really show up in a spot. I think they've heard the criticism. I think they're going to to show out. I think they're going to focus on this game because 
they're playing a ranked team for the first time. I know it's Kentucky, but it's still a top 20 opponent. And I think UK's win over Florida last week, and I admit I was somebody who picked Florida in our pick em. I think it was a little bit of fool's gold. I don't think that, you know, I think maybe just it looks great to beat a, a top 25 Florida team by as badly as they did. I think that you can't run against Georgia the way that you ran all over Florida. That's pretty self-explanatory. I'm not saying Georgia wins by 30 or anything, but I do think they cover the 14 and a half. Those are our big X, big bets of the weekend. UCLA minus three, Bama A&M over 46 points, Georgia minus 14 and a half, Trevor's Jets plus two and a half, Falcons minus one and a half, and the Dolphins covering 12 points at home. Take them to the bank. Stone cold locks. Lock it up. Locks. Lock line of the L- week. We spell locks. L-O-X-X. <laughs> Big X. All right, now it's time for pick em segment. Oh, yeah, I looked at a Wagner's on a bye this week, so that's that's why I did not know who they were playing. God, we can't lose. Going undefeated this week, no question about <laughs> that's it. That's the old joke, yeah, you're not, we're not going to uh, lose on a bye week. Uh, we are both, we are even now after uh, five weeks of play, 39 and 11 apiece. Pretty good. No Wagner to save you and to give you the lead this week. No, but we do have a high school game of the week. And do. you it, can you can one? hear it right here on our right. our, our network, uh, fourteen fifty the Big X, your home of Stan X football. If you want to hear Trinity Ballard, you can hear that I assume on nine seventy WGTK tonight. You can. But Stan X Manual coming your way tonight. Uh, two of the Titans of six A. Stan X is on the road, trying to reestablish themselves as arguably the team to beat in six A. Manual has been very very good. Their only loss uh, coming a couple of weeks ago to a power. I can't remember who it was. Uh, like a Christian Academy beat them pretty bad, but that's okay. Not a six A opponent. This should be a very, very good game out there at Manual Stadium. Who wins it, TK? Oh, man. So, Cynics won last week, right? Cynics, they lost, but they were playing an out-of-state team, I think. Oh, they played Ryle, yeah. No, no, they, they beat Ryle. They beat Ryle, okay. They lost to whoever they played out-of-state a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was that was a debacle. I remember that game. Yeah, no, you're talking about the uh, the Elder. Elder beat it, controlled it. I did the board for that teams, game. Yeah, Elder stuff to beat. Yeah, Elder is a good team. Uh, um, they, they beat Ryle 56-35. to Okay, so shoot out with last week. Okay, um, I like saying next bounce back again this week. I'm gonna. Uh, I know Manuel's. You know, no offense to to Round Patty and, and his alumni and Trey. I love you too. You're my spirit animal, but I'm gonna go uh, saying next with a win. Manuel did have a bye week last week to get ready for this game. They did lose. Ooh, that's. A, I wish it, I didn't hear that part. Sorry, they did, they lose to Christian Academy two weeks ago, fifty four to thirty six. Their only loss of the season. Um, they've been pretty good so far this year. I think it's gonna be a very close game, but I'm with you. I'm trusting the Xers to get it done. On the road. X going to do it to you. X wins by six, we'll say. But it should be a good game. X going to give it to you. Going to give it to you. Don't do that. X going to give it to you. First we're going to rock. Then we're going to roll. That's all over the place when I was in high school. <laughs> this song was popular. And it, was, they all, it was a lot. Uh, tomorrow. That's the show. That's the, the, the open for the game. It was a little play-by-play with, from John Spears mixed in there. Is it really? Yeah, it's so he's it's just X going to give it to you. And it's got like some... I think I got four play-by-play moments from the season in there. Like we got two games tonight, by the way. We're not picking these, but Kansas State is on the road taking on Oklahoma State, which uh, yeah, Kansas be, State's favorite, right? Kansas State's a twelve-point road favorite, Ooh, and then points on the road. FS1 at eight o'clock on on an FS1. It will be Nebraska on the road taking on Illinois. Illinois is a three-point home favorite over the Huskers. Uh, I don't want to beat either one. That's too many points for I'm Kansas. Take, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. If I had to bet, I would take Oklahoma State because that's just a lot of points to give up for K State, and I haven't seen enough to see they could blow it out on, on that kind of road game. So we'll move on to tomorrow for our pickup segment. The Red River Shootout, noon on ABC. Glad two, you said the right name. Two undefeated teams, number 12, Oklahoma, 5-0. and On the road, taking on, not really on the road, but uh, playing in, in Dallas, the Cotton Bowl. Taking on number three, Texas, also undefeated. Texas, who humiliated Oklahoma a year ago, is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. TK, who do you like? 
I like no, I don't like either of these teams. To be honest with you, I mean Texas is fine. Just you know, I have no trust in their coach, and I have no, I like nothing about Oklahoma, whether it be their quarterback, their school, or their coach. Um, the only the only one here that's going to be a big loser is Big Tex for having to watch this game. I'm going to take Texas to win this one again. What was the line? Uh, minus five and a half. Texas covers and wins. I'm with you. I think I, I, it's not nearly as bad as last year. I don't think Oklahoma's any any good. I still don't. You, you're not a believer in the. In I'm not the Sooners. I, I think it'll be closer than last year. It'll be interesting game in the second half. Ultimately, Texas wins by ten. They win. They cover. They stay in the top five. Oklahoma comes back down to earth a little bit. Also at noon, big nude Saturday on Fox, Maryland, and it's five and zero in record. They think they they should be ranked, and we shouldn't be ranked. Terp fans have been chirping all week long. They're on the road taking on number four Ohio State, who is a nineteen and a half point favorite. Any hope that the Terps pull this dramatic upset and move to six and OTK? I think they can scare Ohio State. I do. I don't think they're going to win. I, I'm taking Ohio State to win this game straight up. But I would. If, I'm, I'm going to take Maryland in the points. I think Maryland keeps it within seventeen. I, I think Ohio State wins and narrowly covers. Well, because Ohio State blew them out last year, I believe. It's a safe assumption. Cause, yeah, because I think maybe I had the same assumption last year too, and I think Maryland, uh, Ohio State. No, Ohio State beat them forty three thirty. So yeah, I think I'm. I think it's. Right. Similar fashion, yeah. It was 66-17 year before that. 73-14 year before that. <laughs> I almost took the over. It was almost my my third uh, big X, big bet of the week. But I held off. It's a lot of it's 57, I think, is the over here. But I do think Ohio State wins. I'm going to say they win by three touchdowns. Okay, you take the cover. Bucks I, win, and they cover. I say Bucks, but don't cover. Also at noon. It's a loaded noon slate this weekend. Man, I on, got, maybe I should wake up in time. Yeah, on, on ESPN, number 23 LSU is on the road, taking on unbeaten and 21st-ranked Missouri Despite being 5-0 and and despite being the higher-ranked team, Missouri is a five-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Who wins here, TK? Yeah, this is Mar- Talk about what us is. This is our like, you know, tested game for us with Notre Dame. This is this for Mar- Missouri's, I think. There are a lot of teams like this. this yeah. Um, at Missouri. No, at you said at Missouri, right? At Missouri. At Missouri, but they're a five-point underdog. Um, I'm going to say LSU wins but doesn't cover. Okay. I, I, I'm actually right there with you. We're in lockstep so far today. I don't like that. But okay, yeah, well. I'm going LSU wins, doesn't cover. But for the pick'em sake, all we need is the, is the win. Yeah. That's well, we like to add it, you know, in there just in case yeah. somebody's degenerate like we are. These are not our official Big X Big Bets. No, Let no, Let the record no. state. Not you know, I'm probably better at these than I am the yeah. other ones. <laughs> we're not trying. 3 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network. Sure. Previously mentioned, number 13, Washington State. It hits 4-0 record. Hit the road. Heading to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena to take on UCLA. He was 3-1 and and unranked. 0-1 in the Pac-12. Still, UCLA is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. I said three on the, the big X, big bets. I guess it's gone up a little bit. Who do you like here, TK? You know the score this game was last year, or last time these two teams played? I have no idea. 67-63. Oh, I, now that you say that, I do remember that game. It was in so 2019. I don't want to say last year because I just realized I looked at it wrong. been that long? It was in 19 and last played. It was 67-63. UCLA came out with the win at Washington State. Um. <sighs> I'm taking I'm taking state to win Washington to win state to win this one. I, I like Cam I like Cam Ward. I don't know why. I just I, I I like him. I've got Lincoln Victor on my my fantasy team, and I still cannot just uh, give too much love to Chip Kelly. All right, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm going. I got UCLA. It's my big bet. They win. They cover. Defense makes Cam Rising look average. Three thirty on CBS is the SEC game of the week. Number eleven Alabama on the road taking on Texas A and M. Alabama just a two and a half point favorite in this game. I saw that some early on there was some talk that A and M might be favored in this game, and it would be the first uh, time that Alabama would have been a road underdog in the S in an SEC game against somebody besides Georgia since like 2010. Something outrageous like that. 
But uh, Alabama is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I've already told you I'm, I like the over in this game. But who do you like straight up, TK? Um, I mean, who, uh, who are they playing? Alabama, Texas A&M. Oh, that's right. I looked at it. Yeah. Um, I can't, can't call you know You know how I feel about Fisher. Even at A&M. I know this is the type of game that A&M kind of pulls off sometimes. But I'm taking Alabama win this game and, and, and cover. You say they're minus three, right? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm laying the two. That might have gone on my. If I did a Saturday locks, that would have been on my locks. You know what? I'm doing it. AM, straight up. Gets it done home. Alabama has a fluky pedestrian year. They're going to lose three games. Look at you. I mean, this, that's one of these games where AM does surprise people. AM wins right? this one. Yeah. Bobby Petrino gets it done. <laughs> I'm not giving any credit. He probably gets revenge for Alabama. He's like, yeah. Seven o'clock on ESPN. We've already mentioned this game as well, but number twenty Kentucky is on the road taking on number one Georgia. A battle of unbeaten's. Both teams five and zero overall and two and zero in the SEC. Who do you like here, TK? This is a hard one because if if the sports talkers out there listening, he still will never let me forget. Like ten years ago, I was like, you know, sometimes Kentucky can pull off the upset, and I think they might do it this time. And I believe that was the year like Georgia beat them like sixty two to three. Uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, let's say it was, it was, it was like, like 42 to 19 or something. I forget what the score was. It was a blowout and they haven't won since. I don't think, um, that said, oh man, it's a tough one. I really am. I, you didn't have that much of a shot. I, the only reason I am weary on it and women get weary is that, uh, I don't trust Leary to have to make a play. Then I think he has to make a play for them to have a chance in this game. And I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't know if I can trust him enough. That said, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Georgia to win, but I'm not going to take him to cover. I think Kentucky keeps it at four, right at 14. So take that half point and take it to the bank. I already made it a big X, big bet of the week. You so did. I got to stick with it. I think yes. Georgia wins, Georgia covers. I'll say somewhere in that 17 to 20 point range. I think they get it done. I think it's, it's not a, it's not a blowout. It's not a all out ass kicking, but they're in, in full control for pretty much the entirety of the game. I almost, what I feel is going to be is you're going to see Georgia up like, 10 or 12 points with Kentucky with the ball like late in the game and Georgia gets a pick six or a scoop and fumble where Kentucky's trying to force it because of time. is. You really think you guys got a legit shot? I think they can keep it close. I think they do. Uh, 8 o'clock on Fox, number 24 and unbeaten Fresno State. They're 5-0. and They're on the road taking on Wyoming in Laramie. You don't just stroll into Laramie and walk no. out with a victory. They have a Taco Bell there. Fresno State is a six-point road favorite over the Cowboys. Who do you like here at TK? Um, I've watched not, none of these teams play. So. Wyoming did beat Texas Tech in that thriller at the beginning of the season. And they did. And they I, kept it somewhat close against Texas. Texas Tech plays Baylor this week, I believe. Um, you know what? I always liked Dennis Fimbo. Let's go Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> did you get the names messed up? Isn't it Fennis Dembo? Oh, yeah, it is. Dennis Felton coached at Western. <laughs> I'm thinking Fennis Dembo was, yeah. Uh, I'm going with Fresno State, getting it done on the road. Eric Lechner, there you go. There's another one for you. I'm saying him. I'm saying Fresno wins, but Wyoming covers. I think it's going to be a close game, entertaining game. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be watching it because we will have our attention elsewhere. Uh, last game before we get to the big show. North, North not yet. North Carolina is hosting Syracuse at 3:30 on ESPN. Cuse is four and one on the season. North Carolina four and zero and number fourteen. But people still kind of wondering. How legit are they? They played a very close game against Appalachian State. Uh, they beat Pitt, who's terrible. They beat Minnesota, who's not very good. They beat South Carolina, who's not that great. Is this the game that they get legitimately tested before they play Miami next week? They're a nine-point favorite. Who you got? Uh, North Carolina wins and covers. Syracuse is done. They're, they're past week four of the season. 
Yeah, this is not. Yeah, the Syracuse hour. Didn't they just get blown out last week by somebody? They got beaten pretty bad. But it was somebody like average too, right? It was um, Virginia Tech. No, it was was Clemson. Oh, because that was my pick last week. I'd be honest with you. I stand by what I just said. An average team. Clemson, I think, is average. They got handled fairly well, 31-14. And it wasn't really that. Like Clemson was up pretty big the entire game. So, yeah. I'm... I think Carolina wins. I think I, I still don't want to believe that much in, in Carolina. We haven't mentioned the fact that they did get Tez Walker eligible yesterday. The the NCAA, did you see any of this? The NCAA. I saw it trending on the bottom, but I didn't even bother reading it. They basically put out a statement saying, new information came to light. Tez Walker's eligible, but we're still really pissed off at you. Like, like they put out a statement saying, <laughs> like, the actual, the, the new NCAA president, whose name I can't even remember right now, who took over for Emmert, he like signed his name on the press release, which never happens. But he made it a point to say like your handling of this was totally unprofessional and all this stuff, and just it, it was it was very much like they're still going at it with each other. But Tez Walker is eligible now; he has a chance to play this weekend. So let me get this straight: they they made a ruling. North Carolina threw a fit and fell on the floor of the Toys R Us and kicked and screamed until because uh, they didn't get the GI Joe they wanted. And what did the, the parenting of the NCAA do? Said. I'm sorry, little kid. We're still mad at you, but here's your G.I. Joe, and thank you for throwing it. So, is that all we have to do? Can we just complain? Can, can we get can Kenny Payne get on the mic and be like, hey, national championship. This is BS. This is the worst thing anybody's ever done. They'll give it back to us, right? Kenny that, Payne can't do it. North Carolina can. North I Carolina mean, can do whatever they want. That's pretty much what you're just telling me. North Carolina threw a fit because they didn't get what they wanted, and now they're getting what they want. It seems to be the way it goes. Or they go to they spend millions of dollars and they go to court and they ultimately get what they want. And is court meaning the new president's mailbox? Kind of. All right, let's go to the big show. Where is the big show? 730, ABC, one of the biggest games in recent, maybe all time, Cardinal football history. Number 25 and unbeaten Louisville hosting number 10, Notre Dame. Cards are a six and a half point underdog. I'm going to go first because I think you're going to be more exciting than I am. Uh, I, I I legitimately think that Louisville's got a shot in this game. I don't want to say that. I, I, what scares me is Notre Dame's ability to line up and go right at us and run the ball effectively and maybe Jack Plummer's jitters that he's had in big games so far. I think this is an exciting game. I think it's a fun game. I think it's a game where we're in it for the entirety of the you know all four quarters, but I think ultimately they're just too big and too solid and too consistently good for us to, to win this game. I'm going to say Louisville falls. 28-21, I want to be wrong so desperately. Pick me up, TK. I will pick you up, and I will carry you out like officer and a gentleman, my friend. Just call me Richard Gear without the hamster. Listen, I, I get your worries, and, I, and, we, and we've discussed those like worries. 40 seconds, okay? Just letting you know. <laughs> 30 more than I've ever needed. Louisville comes in. They look confident. They get the running game going. It's a slow, sloppy game throughout. Take the under in this one, but also take the cards and the points. Because why wouldn't you take getting the points when you're going to win straight up? Ooh. That's right, Notre Dame. You heard me. Take your communion plates, turn them sideways, and shut them straight up your Catholic rear end. All right? Don't be bringing that in here. No, no chasing the cloth. The only thing you'll be chasing is your tails back to South Bend. You're the wild man, right? Now who's the wild man? It's He's most, Catholic. It's Let's go, baby! thing we've guys ever seen. Louisville wins 27-20. to 20. Go Cards! Beat Notre Dame. Let's get it done. Let's celebrate on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. Let's go, baby. We ready.